This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 88, Spotlight on the Man of Steel. Welcome once again to Comic Shenanigans. This is episode 88. It's our Spotlight on the Man of Steel episode. I'm Adam Chapman, your host, and I am joined by my two guests. Nathan Struck. And... Tibor Mates. And so, Tibor, this is your, your third Spotlight episode. Third spotlight, yeah. This is exciting. Um, the hat trick, yeah, for yep. sure. Uh, so today we just saw Man of Steel, so we're recording this on opening day. It's June 14th. Um, first impressions. I guess we're, we'll, we'll have discussion on the plot that existed um, in a minute, but what were your kind of your first impressions when the lights came up, Nate? Um, okay, so the green screen Krypton. Yeah, I think they did a pretty good job of the CG in kind of giving us an idea of a different world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amber, who watched us with us, who's just not here right now, but she really enjoyed those sequences. She kind of uh, likened it even to Saga in certain ways because it had an alienness, but also enough familiarity that you can kind of go, okay, look, this is a council. Was it a dragon? Society with a dragon. Well, oh, it was kind of a dragon, wasn't it? He was riding around? Well, yeah, I mean, that was... That was I've never weird. seen... It was a dragon slash like dragonfly. Yeah, it was like a dragonfly wings on it. There's a lot of organic design that they put into it. Even the ship's had that even if it wasn't a dragonfly the actual vessels themselves had yeah. like these kind of lapels or, or wings that came off of them like a, a, a fly or a bug um, usually I mean some of the, the drawings of Krypton that I mean more recently you've got um, Michael Turner's really spiky sleek looking sexy Krypton yeah um, of more recent years and then in the John Byrne uh, Man of Steel series it's very like sterile very classic kind of science fiction he was spires mm-hmm. and little helmet heads on people um, so this was a plus different the, take altogether. plus the first Superman movie where it was like ice wasn't it just kind of like an ice planet or it looked like ice what do you mean? The Krypton itself? In the first Superman movie. Oh, yeah, because it's all crystals. Because Krypton's all crystals. Yeah, it was and all crystals. Yeah. There's no crystals in it this movie. It was Gemini Man stage from Mega Man 3, <laughs> which is just a crystalline planet. This was very much... You could see... I don't know, Tibor, but um, if you could, if you felt the same way I did when I saw it, but I thought Tim Burton. Really? Well, I mean, we know Tim Burton was trying to was doing designs for a, a Superman movie. And then to see a Krypton with all these dark colors, muted colors, did it not... And I'll, no, T-Boy, you didn't get that sense? I, I, I didn't get the Tim Burton feel. I didn't see any scary trees. But uh, <laughs> There was no Helen Bottom Carter either, so I guess that, that's where no, it's the she's in everything. Um, <laughs> I didn't mind the dark palette, but I was just, it is a, a different contrast from the way jor is portrayed in comics, where he's very white, yeah. almost like a godlike angelic character. Especially in the first Superman. Living movie. in crystals, yeah. Um, or even in, in Man of Steel, um, the miniseries where he's got you know gold and blue and white kind of thing like that too, yeah. like colors to just very very dark. Hmm. Um, but that was that sequence. I mean, it, the order changed a little bit, but it felt very similar to the Superman two explanation of um, you know the Phantom Zone and the rebellious characters who get sent away by the Council who deems them. Do you feel like they tried too hard to make that like? feel more grounded in science fiction like I felt like they tried so hard to not just have it be like this the projector and shoots you into the phantom zone like they tried so hard to make it no there's oh, these big ships and there's phantom drives and I'm just like they, they, you, you miss the kind of single rotating plane <laughs> triangle thing floating into space well uh, <laughs> I, I miss the simplicity of it I miss I, I just felt like it, it was the That's exact the one. it was yeah. It was the exact same effect. Do you remember when Cal took his symbol yeah. off his ass <laughs> and threw it at them? Yes, I remember. 
I'm just saying. I'm glad those things are missing and that it's got more of um, a Star Trek feel where they're using ships to travel around. Rather than using beams of light and S's off of chests and spinning panes of glass. Yeah. It's nice that they just go, like, we're going to use ships for almost everything. And I'm okay with that, but again, I don't know. It just felt more complex and... Not complex, sorry. More complicated than it needed to be in terms of... Like, this is how we send them to the Phantom Zone. This is how things are done. Well, like, that, that's why I brought up Star Trek instead of Star Wars. Star Wars, the way we use the Force to put them there. Star Trek, they have a wormhole generator, right? Yeah, but even then, I just I, I felt... I, I don't know. I didn't feel like they were trying to make it like, this is really good science fiction. This is this makes sense. I just felt like they were like, oh, this kind of looks weird and cool and complicated. But at least it allowed them to have a ship that they would later use to visit the Earth that looked really cool mm-hmm. and could hover over the horizon and be very menacing and also have that like juxtapos- juxtaposition of modern uh, day earth city skyline with a very extraterrestrial ship hovering over it mm-hmm. if they had just used that floating mirror thing in space to travel everywhere well, I'm not saying I wanted out of it on earth I'm not saying I wanted that I just felt like it, I don't know it just looked overly complicated and then having the the MacGuffin of oh we got to have the two phantom drives you know, can't cross the streams and they're going to cause a singularity. I just, I don't know, I found that bothersome. I don't know why. Hmm. It just, I, I don't it just irked me. Do you worry anything? Red matter anyone? To, to be honest, I didn't think it was that complicated. Like, I, it, it yeah, just looked more complicated. I agree with T-Boy. I didn't really... I don't, everything was all visual. It was just sort of, they, they didn't really, like, they didn't sit there and do techno babble. They just explained it and said, you know, this is what's going on and then you see it. Like, they, they yeah. say they're going... It's good, and that, that they're getting rid of them, and then it happens. It, like I didn't think it was overcomplicated. I, th- I think they sort of tied. It, I think like, it was visually overcomplicated. They tried to ground like Krypton and technology, you know, like with a lot of things, like with the ships, which I think is very important because one of the major themes of this is science. And for Krypton, science equals bad, right? They've used science in a way that has taken away their. They, they don't have birth like normal people anymore. They use that creation matrix that John yeah. Byrne introduced. Um, and science has cr- cr- destroyed their they're civilization. They've taken it too far. Yeah, and, and they've destroyed their planet as a result. And even the um, the colonies, we learn later on, mm. they expanded too fast. Those people have died off. They didn't have the resources they needed. So, And then on the flip side, we have science actually end up saving Earth because um, they they use this idea going, if we take these drives and we try to like you know blow them up together, we'll create yeah. a singularity. There's even that one scene that Amber was mentioning to me in the car ride up home where the scientists, they, they, they're they screwed up. They don't know how to get this machine to work. They can't get the, as as Tibor calls it, the Superman USB key yeah. to go to work. And so for a moment, the, because the military can't do it. They're launching missiles, and they're trying to use brute force, and they can't do it. The thing that saves Earth is a scientist who takes the time to go, what if I just turn things so they look a little different? And mm. he starts turning it and using his brain, and then it fits in and it works. So science, not the missiles saves the day so yeah. it's that idea that happens in a lot of science fiction where science can save us and science can destroy us mm. um, I was talking with Amber about Canticle for Leibowitz which is a very popular science fiction novel about um, the earth dying repeatedly like there's a okay. po- it's a post-apocalyptic book about the next apocalypse and so every generation every few generations or a hundred you know, thousand years the earth gets destroyed by scientists who go too far with science and then it gets thrown back to the stone ages and everyone goes science is bad religion good science bad and then society builds up again, and in the future, again, they, they rediscover science, and they blow the world up again. So um, that is a book about the cycles of man and how science can save us and can destroy us, which mm. is heavily featured as a theme of this movie. So I think that Tibor's right when they're, they're relying more on the science to show us 
that Krypton is a scientific world, not a crystalline world where you can throw crystals at everything and trap people in zones and grow fortresses of solitude at a single toss. Yeah. That's more Star Wars, right? Yeah. This magic crystal. No one has to explain how it works. It's magic. Don't have to explain it. Instead, we've got USB keys in a way, right? Mm-hmm. This is a, a data key that you can put into ports and it can access computer files. Yeah. That's very science. I appreciated that aspect of it. Did you miss the fact that Jor-El didn't seem to be a pacifist? Like, in most incarnations, he has been a pacifist. He didn't seem... Oh, especially in the Burn version, where he's like... He's like a dainty little man baby, right? In in this whole idea... I'm sorry, Timo. You haven't, you haven't read yeah, some no, of this stuff. That's good. You guys, uh, you guys know this stuff. That's it. I'm just more the uh, movie observer. Well, I mean, as a movie observer, how do you feel about Russell Crowe kicking butt? I mean, I did, let's say, like, uh, I didn't mind the action sequences so much and with Russell Crowe. Let's say, uh, he's good at action sequences. I mean, he's Russell Crowe. It was all hand-to-hand sort of stuff, mostly. Let's say, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't like he went out of his way to... To no. fight people, it was yeah. he was reacting to a situation, right? So, I have to say, it was a little surprising though that the head scientist could take on the head general of the planet in a high combat evenly, yeah. and take him out. True, yeah, especially because yeah. they kept saying that like these guys are all designed to do specific tasks. They're right? genetically grown, so yeah. I kind of feel that was I don't know why they, I don't I didn't think that was necessary, especially once we knew that because it wasn't as clear at the beginning. I would have appreciated it more if he pulled a Tony Stark and like I'm so smart, I've designed my house to have defenses that could take you guys out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Rather than him having to fight, well, he did sort of have that computer uh, yeah, that was yeah. going with him, that but, kind of, yeah. kind of like that. But yeah, not to the same degree. Like he does resort to hand to hand. Yeah, yeah. Like and he is pretty. Like at least it comes off as he's pretty uh, qualified. Yeah. to be fighting hand to hand. Which the head scientists would not normally. Yeah, be. if they're genetically grown for a reason, you know. Like, uh, well, you brought up the scientist on Earth before. You think that guy's going to be taking some guys out? Emil no, Hamilton? So. Hey, no. But you, if you're threatening his, his barely born baby, he, who he wants to launch into space, maybe he can find the adrenaline he maybe. needs. Maybe. <laughs> you know, did, did it make me wonder, too, that is Lara not in public life at all? Because when oh, yeah. Russell yeah. Crowe reveals that, you know... They've secretly had a child They've secretly had a child the old-fashioned way, and Zod's like, heresy. Yeah. Um, did she not go out and at all for, like, nine months? She, she couldn't. Well, wait a second. How, what's the germination? The gestation period? period? We don't know. Okay. That's fair. That's but fair. But I'm guessing it's more than a day. Enough. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, this is why Amber, again, I wish she was here, but she was lamenting. She's like, I love the Kryptonian stuff. She wishes for more. Ultimately, she would have liked to see more of that. You, you just can't do that in a, more, a movie about Superman. But, no. I mean, it would be an interesting short story, a science fiction short story, to know about a scientist and his wife who decide to have a baby, you know, the old-fashioned genetic way, rather than growing him in a pod. And then have to spend their time hiding it from people. It like, what happens when people come over to visit Lara? What does she have to do? Put a tarp over herself, or always be out of the room? Seriously. And what happens if someone catches a view of her? They've never seen a pregnant woman before, but maybe they've learned what pregnant women used to look like. Like it could be a really interesting science fiction story. Would you almost Asimovian? Would you grow people? Yeah, Asimovian. Would you actually grow people if, if you're genetically modifying them? Would you grow them with the ability to replicate, like to reproduce manually? Well, this I mean, sounds like a really weird question. But well, the old uh, the analog easy, versus digital. The easiest way to grow someone, you would assume, would just be like to clone or to put two uh, sets of uh, uh, DNA together and grow them that yeah. way, rather than augmenting and, and taking away their ability to reproduce. Like, why would you do all that extra work? I, I don't know. I just feel like because you, I feel like a society like that that's basically shunned that way. Would you even leave it open as an option? Maybe they use it for uh, recreational purposes. 
Oh, well, maybe. Right? But then, again, you could at least make it so that they couldn't reproduce. Like, yeah, they could still... be shooting blanks. Yeah. Well, again... Why isn't Jor-El shooting blanks here? Maybe Jor-El... I mean, this is a He's weird so... discussion. Maybe Jor-El's so good. Yeah, we've gotten because... way off the movie now, but... Uh, well, we're still discuss... kind of interesting. discussing the movie. There but... could even be a cultural thing... Like, you could make... You could write this today, Tibor. There could be a cultural mandate in that society that says, you have to overcome. Hmm. We're going to have you grown the old way so that you overcome and become civilized. I guess that's kind of got remnants of um, um, Brave New World by um, Huxley, Alice where Huxley, yeah. they're grown uh, just like in this. I mean, this is so Brave New World in that way. They're in that book. They're all grown alpha, beta, epsilon for certain functions, mm. and but they still retain the ability to be aroused and to have sex, but they don't do it to reproduce, and that's mm. considered you know you can't do it that way. And then they uh, you know the savage. Is, mm. is presented in that book as people having sex the old way and reproducing the old way and of course the savage ultimately dies because he can't survive in this in this new reality but this is a cautionary tale about what happens when we go too far with genetic you know um, um, alterations or, mm. or or such and so forth so I mean this idea that you know what happens in a society when you you take away nature right nature can't move in its course apparently it becomes corrupted and dies this is again that cautionary tale of, of mm-hmm. too much science so i think that those are enough elements there although i agree it would have been fun to see more of why 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 mm. we just can't right there's no time yeah we have to see uh what was that conversation like at the dinner table want to make a kid the old-fashioned way yeah how does he bring that up eh it's a heresy like they're both challenging the norm and breaking mm-hmm. the rules and that kid should be killed well she seems fully on board with this like she doesn't seem like she no, was exactly. into it yeah she seems very on board and the, I felt like in some ways they never really came back to the fact that like he I mean they did address the fact that like he's special because he was created the old fashioned way yeah. but in some ways I feel like they should have expanded upon it a bit more they I made think it, it was enough for what well, it was I feel like they, in, instead it was they kind of said it Became everyone, more about the fact that the codex was within well, him. Well, everyone was grown for a specialty, as Tibor said. Um, he was grown to be anything. That's what's so neat about it, right? He wasn't grown with certain markers indicating you will be a soldier, you'll be a thinker. Mm. He was just grown with the with the chaos of natural birth. So he has anything inside of him, right? Mm. He's unlimited in what he can achieve because he's not grown in this tunnel vision kind of thing. So ultimately, Zod might be the better fighter. But Cal can, you know can be a more of a nurturer or a thinker or, or mm. an explorer. He can be everything that, that Zod can ever be. They didn't just really show too much of the love between Lara and Jor-El either. Which is mostly shown in Birthright, which is nice and tender, but I, I do agree that it, there was something like missing if, there. If there they was, created the child together manually... There should be more mo- like the, more in love? There should be a little bit more emotion there. I would have liked to have seen uh, that. At the same time, they were moving the story along. Like, Oh, of course. and <sighs> There was a lot of action in this movie, let's be honest. And like, there was a lot of slower parts too so I mean I have to say the actress who played Lara did a better job showing love and concern for her child than she did for Russell or for, for, for Jor because that scene where she's holding her, her son yeah. and the, she's very sweet tears going down her face and mm-hmm. she acknowledges intellectually I have to give him up but at the same time I wish I could hold him and watch him grow and have her call yeah. her names and then her husband dies Why and she's she... like she runs over to him and just kind of touches his chest Why doesn't she get to be uh, put into a computer matrix? Why is it always him? Like, why can't she be there too? <laughs> that would be nice, actually. You know, like yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. It's kind too, of a to be dick honest. move. Yeah, it's like I, I, I'm going to guide my child, not you. I, I thought that was a bit weird too. Like, I, I was kind of like, yeah, why did like if he if you could do it, why wouldn't you want to have your wife? Sexism, clearly, right? Yeah, like, like it is a bit weird. I mean, obviously they're doing it because that's how it's always been. But yeah, they could have broken that. That would have been nice if they thought outside those walls. 
Because it would be nice. Because in in most iterations of Superman, at some point he gets to come face to face with his mother in some way, either by time travel or some other. Like usually in some method, mm-hmm. he usually gets to see his mother in some way, and there's connection there. I do appreciate that they actually specifically said, um, "Why can't you, Mama, come with me?" And how uh, Jor told him. We are tied to this world. We represent the old ways. Mm-hmm. We cannot come with you. We have to die. Crypt- he's telling his son, we have to go. We have to depart. Our old ways are no longer. Um, very strong ties to this very uh, long-running uh, scola- uh, scholarly discussion of Superman as the uh, immigrant, as the immigrant story, as the exile from a mm. de- dying Europe. You know, Europe in post-World War Two was a, a dead place everything had been destroyed it was a place of death and mm. for the jewish immigrant specifically because obviously uh siegel and schuster two jewish immigrants uh from immigrant families coming to america from this dead decaying world they had to leave behind and and that is very much the clean break where he says you will become an american now you'll still retain your ethnic heritage mm-hmm. um and your language and your culture and the things that are will make you great in america but you cannot ever come back here. And, and, of course, that symbolism is complete with the destruction of Krypton. You can never return to your old life. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why I asked Tibor. Tibor, I didn't realize that you were born uh, here just because um, my understanding was that you spoke you know, Hungarian and so forth. And that you yeah, were, well, my parents were both, both uh, yeah, born so that, in that, That's why I guessed, because if you had that much of that ethnicity, that you may have been born there. Uh, I, I bring this up because I have a friend um, who is, uh, was born in Minsk, born in Russia, um, well, Belarusian and uh, family immigrated when he was eleven, so he remembers enough of the old of the old places, even even Soviet Union era. Um, and he's experiencing it, and he comes and talks to me about going between the two places. He's a, he's described to me um, his experience of live, growing up in Canada essentially after age eleven, but he always retains a bit of an accent. And so whenever he goes, people will ask him, "Oh, uh, interesting." As I hear you speak, where are you from? And he has to remind them he's from from Burlington. But then he, he shrugs and goes, actually, I was born in Russia. And they go, oh, okay, that's nice. And when he goes back to Russia, they go, oh, um, where in America do you live? Because no matter where he goes, he can't hide the fact that he doesn't belong anywhere. He's in this endless in-between state. Even though he lives in Canada, people ask him where he's really from. Not impolitely, but there's still that sense that I don't belong here. Mm. He's constantly reminded of it every day. And when he goes back to, quote-unquote, the homeland, they always bring up that he's a foreigner. So Superman is this, is, is this immortal between two worlds, which, they, which I'm glad they deal with um, quite potently in this. It wasn't bl- brushed over like it is in the Christopher Reeve movies, where he's just truth, justice, the American way, and that's all there is. There's this idea of xenophobia and of mm. can we trust you? And if they ever find out that you're secretly from another ethnicity or you're an alien or you're not from here, will they ever trust you again? I mean, this is why Jewish immigrants came and changed their name. Mm. Because if you were Jewish, then you couldn't be hired at certain jobs. This is why Jack King Kirby, that's yeah. his name. It's Kurtzman, right? Yeah. Stan Lee, Stanley Lieber. Yeah. Right? These are these Jewish names they would often hide, and people still do. Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Anastanakis. She hides her Greek ethnicity. I don't know if she did it. Maybe her parents did when they came over here. But people change their names because it, it, being a, an alien brings mm-hmm. with it mistrust, right? Hmm. There was a lot of anti-Semitism at the time post-World War II, and this is why they did it. These themes are front and center. I'm really appreciative of that because my this is what I find very interesting about Superman. 
Uh, not that he has glistening teeth and a giant S and a very shiny yellow belt. Um, not that he is this doesn't have a shiny yellow belt. No yellow belt. No underwear on the outside. <laughs> no of his underwear. Pants. No, no nope. underwear on the inside. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe Lois will find. Th- out things have evolved. Things have evolved. <laughs> um, I was so happy to see that he wasn't immediately Clark Kent at the beginning of this film, and that they, they didn't try to shoe. I mean, they shoehorned it at the end. I would have been perfectly happy with them not making him Clark Kent. I don't need that. That was something for its era. It needed to be. This is how the immigrant adapts to American life. We change our name mm-hmm. to a Anglo-Saxon-sounding Clark Kent from a very Hebrew, Hebraic-sounding name, Cal El. Mm. El in Hebrew has a, a, a god. Actually, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a suffix uh, for God. Um, Elohim being a name of God in, in Hebrew. El, right? El is the end of a lot of Hebraic names: Nathaniel, Michael, Ezekiel, right? Cal El is extremely Hebrew. So this becoming this uh, Anglo-Saxon guy to fit in with with America um, was very of the time. I don't I don't feel I need that. I kind of appreciate the Hyperion style from um, uh, where he's just this god who has to interact with people um, as a god. It bugged that bugged me. What bugs you? Did it bugged me that there was no sense of. Uh, I was hoping we'd have a sense of of Clark Kent, not just outside of just being Superman of him actually having a Clark Kent identity at all and I thought as much as I liked that Martha Kent was still alive I think that's what made it seem more odd to, to me that like if she'd been dead and then he went and, and you know searched the globe did his whole, his whole thing I think that would have been easier for me to to buy but the fact that she was still alive and he had still kind of forsaken being Clark Kent or being anybody uh, and was just a, and oh that he was doing his globe trotting yeah, because he was being a nobody. And... But he did that in Birthright. I mean, not he was a nobody, but he globetrotted for years trying to find his something. And his mom's emailing him the whole time. Remember that? Yeah, and, and, but but the, so but there was at least a sense that he had he was still part of that world, and he was still Clark Kent. He wasn't a nameless nobody drifting from place to place. He he and he had a bit of a more personality. He was doing things. He was a reporter. Like it just felt more in line with who that character was going to become. And who he's on the road to being. Well, at the end of this movie, when he becomes a reporter, why is he, uh, str- you know, this this stringer he's he's picking up to work at the Daily Planet? We have seen nothing to indicate he's ever been in journalism at all. So how okay. does he get this job? The only time he ever gets a background of journalism is Birthright. There are no other versions of his origin where he has any indication. Usually, they Man fl- of Steel. The stupid guy walks in the building day one and gets hired, and they're like, "I don't know why you hired him." This is a this is a failing paper. Why would you even hire him? And he's like, I don't know my job. Like it's terrible. Like all the origins of him, even the Chris Reeve movie. He's like, hello, Lois, che- checking his glasses, adjusting his glasses. Oh, well, I'm I'm Clark. There's no reason to believe he doesn't have a degree in anything, you know. But in Birthright, he has a journalist degree. Yes, right? they, they gave him a background. That's all Mark Wade. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it's not. I'm so just this saying... is actually more true to the comics. Well, <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of those. They they had the it felt like there was just a missing piece, but it doesn't mean that the piece didn't exist. Whereas here, so, I, I was led to believe that there was no piece. Would that was you be missing. happier then if they just didn't bother with the Daily Planet at the end anywhere and just didn't shoot that horn that in? Kind of because it just felt more awkward at that yeah. point. I, I would prefer if they didn't do that. But and I also I don't like the Lois knowing he's Clark. I don't oh, know I'm why. so glad. It is even like the dumbest kid on the street is like, why does he? She know she's a reporter. If she just if she sees okay. him every day, not so much together. Not so much that she the knows. Worst in the world. Everyone in the world should know who he is because there's he's been he's been almost no attempt to hide it. Like every, every, like it's very you easy. Mean the people who he saved. 
Yes, but the, the but fact he was that, nameless. They don't know who he is. Yes, but the fact that Lois could fairly easily trace it all back to Kansas, and now you also that have, was surprising, eh? Like, I didn't realize in the in like the three second montage of her going from different places that like it just shows Clark's the Clark uh, mailbox. I'm like, what the crap? Yeah, there's no comic where she does that. No, she got the but really. That's pretty incredible. Like she can figure out that this guy is that. But, but no then when can. when uh, what's his name shows up and the uh, in the ship what, and takes off? over, yeah, and takes over everybody's TV on the on the planet. They still don't know where Clark is. Yeah, but they're not like going down to like the fishery and, e- and interviewing still, people. Still, they took it, over the love, entire planet. I would love that scene of them going down to the fishery and to the to the you know, <laughs> different areas, the restaurant, and interviewing. That's great. But I mean, all they're doing is taking over the broadcast waves and just saying, like, guys, you well, know, don't screw with us. An- but, another question is that like the what, they they touched they, it. before we move on from that. Zod and then was that creepy? It was. It was that oh, that, I mean, that was the whole like uh, aliens kind of, coming. Like, wasn't that neat? That was, was that was kind of cool. That, that's what they were going for. Yeah, was that, like the sound on the mission on the TV. As soon as the sound starts, like that was a good. It was like, a creepy alien invasion. Kind almost. Although yeah. I feel like Zod would have not been afraid of his face being shown. Maybe he didn't get afraid of his face. Maybe that's like they're just hacking into a foreign, very but they hacked primitive... into the entire planet. <laughs> And, yeah, and it translated into every single language. Right? Yeah. So I mean, they didn't, you know, pull into the internet a little bit and go, eh, interesting incidents where a guy you know, <laughs> Is it on pulls a butt. Yeah. They're going onto the internet now. <laughs> well, they... I mean, they took over the entire planet. You TVs. can see Drew's on googling stuff now. <laughs> well, I think it's one thing to hack into a primitive people's broadcast system, and another thing to like just go onto their internet and like, I don't have a username yet. What's my username? I don't know. Be? But it's, I just thought it was kind of funny. It's like. Like what? Bring, you know, turn yourself over in 24 hours, or what's that? Uh, we'll, we don't know what we're going to do. He's a general. Is he's it on Twitter going, too? He's not going on Yahoo. Yeah. He's well, whatever. Like, I mean, Lois found it he's out like, pretty quickly. I found his Facebook page. He can't hide from me now. Like, come on. This social media stuff? He's a general. He's going <laughs> to threaten people and make them turn him over. Yeah, I love that he's a journalist. I guess, it's a, but he took over the entire planet. <laughs> he just, it just hacked the broadcast system, as far as I know. I, and I'll, I'll give you the garbled face. I don't understand that, but that's what I mean. Like, well, they were going for the creepy cool. alien yeah, invasion. That's cool. what they were going. Yeah. For. But I feel like he's he's a prideful, egocentric, you know, guy. I feel like he put his face clearly out there. Well, certainly the old Zod would, the one with the sweet little goatee. <laughs> well, this guy had a goatee, and they didn't even widow's peak too. The, the other one, one? yeah, oh, I hated the old Zod. Now to go back so for a second. <laughs> to go back for a second about the fact that no one seems to figure out that's that's Kent. Um, the the villains land in Kansas at the Kent farm. You don't tell me there's there's satellites and they're gonna be like, okay, well they went to the Kent farm. That seems odd. Like out of all the places in the world they could go, they're threatening this old lady. Um, maybe that has something to do with Clark Kent. Hmm. I don't know. And plus, if they really worked on it, if they found out the lowest nose. How hard is it to trace her movements? I don't, this is why I don't like the Clark Kent identity. I think it's stupid for Superman, this guy who in this film basically tells the military that you can go after yourself. Like, yeah. all, with all due respect, you can't hurt me to try to fit into civilian life and hide secrets well, and use his mom's last name, which can connect him to her. Why? Be the god that you are. Yeah. Try to help society. Try to lead them and show them a better way. Try to steer them away from the mistakes that Krypton made mm. when they over-scienced and they, and they, they destroyed their civil... That's what he's there for. He's there to save everybody. I mean, the Christ imagery is like up the yin-yang. Mm. He's 33 years old, the same age that Christ was when he died. Yeah. He goes to offer himself a sacrifice for the earth 
to these people demanding him him to come to them. He does it willingly. Well, it's he not, does it it's like like a, like a lamb without. I know. And, he, and his dad says, "Go save them. You can save them all." And he drifts out of the spaceship with his arm extended at the cross thing. I mean, they're they're driving home that he's the savior figure. He's there to save them, not to dress up in a little suit and act awkward and adjust his glasses and cr- and, and knock things off of desks awkwardly no. and indict his mom. With the last name. And then the, you better believe them that the, the FBI's pulling up to her house going, first of all, man, they did, the aliens did throw, what was it, a truck through your house? Yes. And by the way, this this guy just showed up named Clark Kent, who Lois Lane really seems chummy with all of a sudden. Mm. Like, she's got his hand in his pocket all the time, well, and keeps drawing S's on his chest where there's no S. Just like, you know, phantom <laughs> S's. So, the thing is, he was enrolled in school, so they know it's her son. They right? do like, know that she has a son named Clark. For sure, I yeah. know. So it's like, what's it? Uh, yeah, your son's sort of connected with this Superman character in some way. Well, I guess the, 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 he seemed to go to no pains at all to really disguise himself at all from being connected. Like you think that? Well, you mean he's globetrotting? Well, I like the go, globetrotting. I globetrotting. Like he's the sky, right? He's the beard and he has no name. Yeah, That's fine. I mean, no when he goes to, like when he goes to the church later, he's talking to the that priest. Was, that was so for tomorrow. I love it. I yeah. think that was a very for tomorrow. There's story. a comic book story on Call for tomorrow. I've heard of it. I'm not I don't completely. Know. I'm, I'm not. It. I don't think you are. Azarello, eat your heart out. He yeah. sure he loved that. But it just felt like he, like he just kind of walks in and, and I don't know. It's I was hoping about that we, they would tie that to his uh, relationship from uh, Man for All Seasons uh, with the pastor there because he has a relationship with a priest in town yeah. in Man for All Seasons. So I was hoping that they would even though a little because I thought they do a flashback right at that moment. To when these bullies are threatening him. Yeah. And then he looks past the bullies and sees someone the bullies part. Why couldn't that have been the pastor when he was younger? Yeah. Kind of like saving him. And that would show immediately a relationship between the two. True. Uh, I do like that Kevin Costner or Jonathan uh, comes up to him and, and, and tells him that, that line that I think is very important to you, Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not so important what he calls himself. It matters that he was raised on earth mm-hmm. and was taught by the Kents to be benevolent. Yes, and and Jonathan goes there and to him and says, "I don't know what kind of man you're going to be. You're either going to be a good man or you're going to be a bad man. But you'll change the world, whatever you choose." Um, and that they raised him to be a good man. Mm-hmm. That's the part of him that is the Clark Kent that really is very important, right? Mm-hmm. His his ethnicity as a as a Kryptonian god is not as important as the values and the morals that he has. I do think that this movie did a, a much better service to Jonathan Kent as a character than well, especially the first Superman movie. Like Jonathan where Kent is almost an yeah. afterthought. Oh, and much better than a Man of Steel miniseries where he's just like a douche to Clark the whole time, and like he's thr- in this in the original miniseries, he's threatened by Clark knowing that he's adopted. He's threatened by Clark being interested in his adopted heritage, uh, and essentially the writer of that series kind of whitewashes any kind of ethnicity of of Superman that he doesn't have any heritage outside of American. Um, in this one, at least his dad shows. It's nice that he plays the two sides of it. I love my son, mm-hmm. but I want. I need to let you know. It's a very scary moment for a parent. I imagine when they tell their son or daughter you're actually adopted, because a lot of parents are worried that their son or daughter will now be disconnected from them. Yep. They'll try to leave them. I don't feel Kevin Costner in that scene plays that very strongly. I don't feel that there's a, there's that fear in him when he's telling his son, "You're not my son. You are my son." But somewhere else, you have another dad. Mm. Like, yeah, I like that scene a lot, actually. It's it was good, pretty touching. I think like, it, was, it was written fine. I, it was well done. You thought that Kevin did a good job acting that? I, I, think, I think so. Okay. I think Costner was the right guy. He, well, he, he plays that kind of homespun farmer. That scene where he just raises his hand to tell Clark, no, don't 
reveal yourself and he dies that was I found that was the look in Kevin's eyes when he does that I found it was very impactful I feel like Superman still would have done it he still would have saved him yeah that kind of bothered me that he let him die in a way I get maybe, it. Well, maybe I get he tried, but he said, I trusted my dad. So maybe he thought his dad would get out of it or something. I don't know. Well, it was pretty obvious he wasn't, though, because he stopped moving. I personally don't understand why Costner went back with the dog instead of Ken, uh, instead of Clark. Yeah, there's just a lot of logic issues for that. Because like a, it's stronger, kind of faster. And at that point, it wouldn't have even well, shown off his Jonathan gift. is spending his whole life trying to get his son not to use his gifts. He wouldn't, have even, he wouldn't have even had to at that point, though. He's, he's just his son is just he probably, faster than he is. Yeah, he, without being without well, using the he did also powers. say like this little girl and your mom, you need to get them safe first. Like he prior, hey, I think there was an important more than any of that that stupidity of like why did Jonathan let himself die? Why couldn't he let Clark save him? That was a scene where Jonathan and he's never depicted like this in any other comic or any other movie. Mm-hmm. Jonathan is being a hero there. Jonathan sure. is thinking like a hero. Save this little girl and save your mother. I'm more worried about them, and I know you can take care of them. Mm. There's a chance I might falter on the way to the shelter. They're more important. But than he my knows life. that his son can at least withstand everything that's being thrown. But but Kent Jonathan is being the hero here. It's not about Clark. I understand. I understand. It's no, about, no, the thing. No, Jonathan knows he's though. He's saving Clark though. In his head, you can save the girls, and I'll save you by not revealing you. If anything comes up that's hairy at all that will force you to use your powers, I'm going to save you. It's very much a Kent save moment. Mm-hmm. Kent is trying to save his own son. He well, thinks I guess he he's trying to deflect because uh, there's the whole thing with the, um, Clark saving the, the kids on the bus, right? And like he's done it a few times, yeah. So this would deflect like sort of any attention, I guess, off of yeah, sure, right. If anyone Clark, had, right? if anyone thought that Kent, what Clark was, like, why didn't he save his god? Why didn't he save his dad? Like in in his own way, as flawed as it might be, I think Jonathan, and I think that's really what that scene is, where he raises his hand, and you can see in his eyes, he knows he's not going to make it, but he's looking at Clark and he's saying, "I want, I don't want you just to stop now. I want you to always stop." Hmm. And then he sacrifices himself. So it's an incredible layer to it. Because Clark or Cal is supposed to be the savior of this world. But his dad saved him first? Like, there's this great layer in father, son, and the son. In Greek mm. mythology, in North mythology, it's all about the son always killing the father. Right? Zeus killed his father so he could become God. And the inevitability is that that will happen again. Um, uh, same thing with... Um, Odin. Odin killed his father and became the, the All-Father. Yeah. There's that, that tension, right? And Ares, in the Ares series, is fearful that his son... He's not even fearful. He's like, that's how it works in our society. You will kill me one day and become the new god of war. This is a different thing. This is the Christian version, which is... It's about sacrificing yourself to save another person, not about killing yourself to become the father. Mm-hmm. The father sacrifices for the son, or in the case of Christianity, the son is sent down to this planet to die for us, the children, right? So that is very heavy. I think well, that is very cool. I guess also like the the um, Paul Kent is sort of the more of a pacifist than uh, than his his real father in this one, right? So it's sort I guess, of I guess they yeah. sort of transfer that like I guess over like his father's a bit more of a warrior. Although even he, though was, he is a scientist. Although Paul was always kind of a pacifist, the only version of no, no. But he's he, I think you're suggesting he, juxtaposing that his two fathers. Yeah, his Earth dad in some ways is a better savior mm-hmm. than this super scientist guy who in Kryptonian society was trying to save the planet and failed. He, something about him couldn't he couldn't save his people, he couldn't save his planet. Yeah. But this humble farmer who grows food for a living mm-hmm. is in some ways more compassionate and more of a pacifist and more of like this guy who say 
There's uh, a bit of a contrast there yeah, between he's, the, two, I, the two fathers. He doesn't have seven degrees like Jor-El has. You know? He doesn't yeah. have all the learning in the world, but he knows he loves his son. Yeah, it was an interesting. Like, yeah. I, I really liked Costner's like take on it and like the way it was written. I thought it was a good. Yeah, that was one of the stronger points of the movie. There was no scenes of uh, Kevin Costner uh, playing catch with the sun. No, um, <laughs> even though uh, he did have the Royals. Uh, t-shirt, yeah, right? he did. Yeah, he did have the Kansas City Royals. Shirt. That's a nice touch. Those are the small little things that you get from a costume designer who's good. Um, speaking of people who are not necessarily actors in the movie. The music at first, when I heard the rolling drums, the that plays. I was like, this is really stirring. This is really cool. Seeing Krypton die like this and the okay. ship rocketing to the air. And then they just used that theme. I felt over way and over too and over much. Again. You know? I didn't feel like it was Hans Zimmer's best work. It didn't feel as diverse as some of his best work. The diversity is my main problem. I think... I just, yeah, maybe he phoned it in a bit. <laughs> well, <laughs> he, got, he did like a, th- a few things. like, I, I, got, I got things to do. Well, and maybe. It, it's stirring the three times you hear it, even. After the third yeah, time. No, it, it's a good theme. But the but seventh time. It's okay. It's just, I don't know. As a movie, in terms of music, like when I first watched Batman Begins, I remember being like, holy crap, the music I was here is amazing. Yeah, like, Batman Begins was awesome. Like just the first, like because he did both <laughs> movies, so I remember watching that and being like, the music was really stirring. It really like was really good. And then watching Dark Knight, similar themes because he had, but he changed some of them in one. Yeah, but it, I feel in Dark Knight it kind of oh it was it, too much of that theme. And then in Dark Knight Rises, I've heard that theme enough. Well, the Dark Knight Rises, by the time he got there, I just felt like there was nothing really that much new in the music. But do you at least like the connection though? But that the music gives between these two movies. In, like let's look at like Batman Begins and Man of Steel. It feels like at least from the music perspective, they could be in the same universe. Um. Yeah. I guess so. I. I don't know. It wasn't quite what I wanted from Superman music, though. You want? You want? I that? don't want John Williams. Good, okay. I can't listen to it anymore. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. I just wanted something. <laughs> it's a really good theme. It though, is a really good theme. Yeah. But it, needs to, it died when Seinfeld gave it its send off in the race episode. <laughs> nice. That's where it ended. Yeah. It just, I don't know, I, I, I wanted something a little bit more lighter. I don't know, not lighter, but it just, it's so, so moody. What'd you think of Cavill? Cavill? Um, I liked him for the most part. I really like him. I like him a lot better than Chris. I wish we had more parts of him being able to actually be charming. Because there's a mm-hmm. lot of him being more stoic, and I would rather had more of, like the charm, the, we only yeah, got a few scenes that, of that, that charming banter with him and Lois, but like. It, it almost took me out of the movie because it almost felt like wedged in. Like we there were some do... really cute moments though, like especially when he just reaches for her hand. Those two scenes where he just touches her hand, yeah. that was a lot of sweetness. Well, and that did feel like that's what Superman would do. The he, only thing that he's I... comforting, he can be comforting. I like that. Yeah, he... his aura should be comforting. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I thought was kind of weird that they they connect really quickly on a yeah, sort of personal level. Like it didn't, I... it didn't feel like there was a progression of that. It was just sort of like I still like it better than what they did in Thor. Where she's like thrown into his arms and they have a chat on top of the roof, and then the rest of the film she's like madly in love with him. Yeah, I guess it's good. Like, I mean, he saves her life at the beginning, right? Because she, uh, she sort of ends up in the right place a couple times. Like, there's a lot of that. It's like, oh, she I, just happens I, to be I, in the right place. If you're a fan of Heraclitz and listening to this, it's the leap climb. <laughs> oh my god, shut up. It's you're right, much. but oh my god. Yeah, she, even that scene where he's fighting Zod in the end. Yeah. And yeah. It's and this brutal fight, and they've been throwing across the city. She got there pretty the fast. Planet. She just walks down those stairs, yeah. It yeah. was good that she was there, though, because that is a very tender scene where he is completely distraught, and everything he's been trying not to do his whole life, with bullies, with people taunting him, there's a reason why yeah, he's he is forced stoic. to kill. He's been holding himself back his whole life, and so mm-hmm. he, there's that, that, that stoicness, or that, that kind of comforting nature he has, and he's not about aggression, he's about yeah. passivity, 
you can see him honing it. And, and, and we should mention, I guess, if you haven't seen the film, don't listen to this. But um, I think they're about uh, 30 minutes too late for it's that. It's a very non-linear way of telling the story about his origin, which I was very grateful for. I was glad they didn't just show the rocket hitting the Earth and then young Clark. <laughs> the boys yeah, well, at school. I guess the thing is, is that it's been done so many times yeah. so that they had to sort of intercut it. Yeah. So like you, you get the you get Krypton and then you go right into both stories at the same time his origin and you know where he is now mm-hmm. which was yeah. kind of nice instead of having to go through okay this first hour was his origin all right where are yeah, we going right? now like it was better to intercut it together oh, it, it, how, it made more sense how exactly did Clark end up at that research site in, in the first place. Like, cause he was sh- working on the crew. They didn't really explain. They much, didn't really but... explain how he got into yeah. that crew. Well, clearly, he's interested in what's going on there because as soon as he gets a chance, he sneaks off. So would there must maybe there was a film scene. I just feel like we missed something that was edited out or cut. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't explain research. exactly why he went there, but yeah. they just said that he was on the crew, like he was working there. Now, if it was connected at all at all to this idea that he has some journalist experience, mm-hmm. they would have done a scene like they do in Birthright all the time of him using his. His journalist experience to research stuff to yeah. find stuff out, but that's just that's gone. It just felt like very lucky. Like I'm here. Oh, no, no, I'm, it clearly wasn't a chance. No, no, but they don't really make. They don't show you the, that. They don't. Scene. Ex- they don't yeah. explain it. The that's missing for scene, sure. even a sentence where he he yeah. mentions like, I was doing. I was looking. I for heard about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Like, I agree yeah, with you. Could have done something. It's obviously not by chance, but they don't do anything to actually. It doesn't that. feel like it's by chance. Like it feels like he wanted to yeah. figure out what's going on. Um, and I feel like I feel like because it moves along so quickly to him sneaking out. Yeah. I think the audience is left to make an inference and I, I made that inference really quick and I, I didn't furrow my brow I'm like yeah okay that's fine I don't know if anyone else in that theater furrowed their brow and went this is preposterous but for me I'm like I can make that inference yeah, yeah I mean it would have been nice to have thrown in something to like explain yeah. his like I, I mean I thought of it too like I was like it didn't feel like he was just there for no reason like it yeah. felt like he was there for a reason yeah. that came across but it would have been nice to have at least like a line or two to just yeah. say, "Hey, this um, is why. even if it's like I have super hearing and super sight, I overheard something." Like anything yeah. would have been. Yeah. Lois yeah, just got, a little bit of an explanation. Lois got there really quickly too. Like mm-hmm. she was really far away taking this picture him? of him, oh. and then she followed him, and then they had these weird shots of her like climbing. She should almost be dead. Leap climb. I shut up already. But she's she's like it, it wasn't even like believable. Like you know, this woman. They, made, they put her in a little bit of peril. That like those should... are really perilous jump drops. Like, I, I, I was more concerned, actually, with plus, uh, her weakness have, as an actor. Shouldn't she have frostbite? Like, the, really badly? They tell her. It's oh, really no. cold as outside. As, as soon as she goes outside without her mouth being covered up, at least, Amber's like, there's no way. She, like, as soon, in those temperatures, <laughs> as soon as you were to breathe, exhaling would be so painful. Actually, was even the breath, like... Or inhaling would be painful. Yeah, yeah I don't even think breath? you really saw her breath. And like, kind of but we're told yeah, actually, that if she yeah, goes she out, looked very nice. If she goes outside, it, it looked pretty. Yeah, it yeah, pretty yeah I know. But in the movie, the thing, yeah, they, they in the sort movie, of... the thing, they're out there all the whole movie, okay? Yeah. And they're not dead. So they, I'm just, but they established that. Oh, you better be careful. Otherwise yeah, they, exactly. Yeah, the morning, like, they made the lot. They put they put the effort in to make the line. Did anyone else feel that she was like? I feel she's an okay Lois. I didn't feel she was a very strong Lois. She may not have been the strongest actress, but the the act the lowest she got the play was the strongest we've seen I feel like the lines that gave her could have been acted with more intensity I feel like a lot of these things she would just she just deliver Maybe. a line and it's almost like it would go up at the end you like know, a Canadian talks like the, the end, and everything's in a question yeah, yeah the, the character was still able to do things that no other Lois Lane has ever been able to fierce do. Fierce and determined. She had ele- again, maybe she wasn't able to execute that, but it was in the script at least. Like the the lines that she's saying, yeah. maybe she's not delivering them with the intensity you want, but at least the lines are there. Yeah. And she's not 
having ridiculous interviews about yeah. what color are her panties. Like even that, like even that line where she says, "Print it or I walk." Like I'm out of here. That's a very lowest line. Yes, it is. It wasn't delivered with that assertiveness. Like, like that even Terry Hatcher could deliver. Terry Terry was able to deliver some of those lines with some assertiveness. Yeah, I forget about her sometimes. I, she's forgettable. Like people love her and they love Dean Kane and it's their childhood, but I don't like that series. Don't shit all over my childhood. Dean Kane's it's been amazing. a long time since I've seen it. I enjoyed it when it was on, but yeah. watching it again might not be the same. Oh, it would not be. It'd be terrible, probably. But but uh, I mean, I, I thought she was okay. Like uh, like I don't I know. Didn't, I didn't she care. wasn't a she disaster. Didn't, she didn't have a lot of stuff to do other than to be in the right place at the right she's time. Be, sort of she thing. was better than Margot Kidder. Not oh not hard yes. to do. She was better than. Um, Oh my god! I don't remember the actress. Kate Bosworth was it? Kate Bosworth. Oh yeah. right. Yeah, what yeah. is Kate doing these days? Nothing. I don't think so. Okay. Having Superman's babies that killed her. It killed her career. I guess. I, I don't <laughs> think that. With, uh, I don't think that's did it. Ralph. Uh, he said some other things. Oh, yeah. Yes, he has. <laughs> a, he Gillette, in, a Gillette commercial doesn't count. He was in Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> yes, he was. Yes, and he was, and he had a short-lived As TV series. Superman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He had a short-lived TV series that I, really I feel enjoyed. bad for him, though. Come on. I mean, like, that wasn't it's his not fault. His, well, it, yeah. It was, it was, it was, I'm going to aim the uh, crosshairs right at Brian Singer again once more, but uh, you know how I feel about him. Well, oh, everything in that movie was pretty rough. Yeah. That one wasn't so good. No. No, it wasn't. And, then, now let's, that, and that brings us to um, one of the critiques we have about the movie. Um, the length of the movie was too long, primarily because of drawn-out action sequences. Oh, Main, yeah. Mainly, I would aim that at the third act, which yes. was a... Big, the thing is, like the first two acts have a lot of intermingled action with character development. I agree. And the third act pretty much says, "Okay, all out action." You, America, you have been holding your breath since 1977 for Superman to punch something. <laughs> yeah, He's we're going to exhale for about an hour at you, <laughs> so that you can never complain that there hasn't been enough action. True. So I feel like this is not you cannot this is separate thirty years this. of overcompensation. Yes, I feel like you cannot separate this from the zeitgeist of today, being that we've been waiting. I feel like if this movie was made in another world where Superman movies had been made with punching in it, they just they simply wouldn't have been throwing as much action at us. They wouldn't have been saying America, here it is. And I feel if they make a second movie with these actors, I feel like they will not do it as the same way. I feel like they'll keep the action to more... Yeah. I hope they'll keep the action to more of a punchy kind of... Yeah. Um, before we get into, I guess, the second act, um, what did you think of the uh, the people playing Zod and... I forget, Feora and the other guy. Manek or whatever. Who never really... Yeah, they never face. really established him at all, yeah. No. He's menacing. There was, I mean, they're essentially... In He's Super there to help, you know, help her yeah. out. But in, in Superman 2... In Superman 2, there's Ursa, there's Nan, and there's Zod. It, That's basically what we have here, but now they're... Zod, Fiora, and unnamed, you know, dudes. Yeah, right but too. I mean, he's not Fiora's interesting in assistant. Superman too either. He fries a snake at one point and tries to eat it. But he's not. He's just. He's like some childish co- uh, comic relief. He had a name at least, and yeah. he was a character. I, would, I, I mean, I don't think it's that important. I don't think really. it's important. Like, do you, do you like Fiora? I think that Fiora Ursa was awesome in this. I thought she was super cool. I thought she was I like liked sexy. How and they awesome. show, how they sped up her movements. Oh yeah, when she went. Flitting from person to person when she takes out those yeah those soldiers every like time nothing. see that I could have watched more of because yeah. it was low impact it was you know quick quick camera shots of well, her uh, moving super fast and she would hit someone but not through a building generally yeah, so that's she just kind of back- backhanded them a lot yeah a lot of just backhanding the humans which isn't Ursa that she should be cutting them in half with her arm yeah but I, I at least like well I they never really addressed the fact 
they kind of did, but the idea that they should really only be this powerful once they have the once they well, the Earth's rays. Yeah, they should be absorbing this energy. And and, the fact and, that as long as they're wearing their suits, they shouldn't be, have any abilities at all. And they well, I mean, they're I guess their face. I don't know. Yeah, because right. they're, they're right. totally no, you're right. covered. You're right. You're right. You're right. And I guess like if the sun's rays aren't getting in there, they shouldn't have any. Well, Schneider's on. like, look, we got to cut right to the punch here. We cannot have them know. hang out on Earth for thirty-three years and absorb the sun's light. Um, I was expecting that to be more of a weakness, though. Because they introduce this idea, like, as soon as Zod breathes in our atmosphere, he's like, I can't... Or as soon as he's not um, uh, mu- yeah. he's muffling every, all these uh, extra yeah. senses, he's overwhelmed. Yeah. He gets over that really fast. Clark yeah, took his true, childhood. Yeah. Yes. I would have liked for it to be, look, we'll fight you, Superman, and we can kill you. There's at least, what, at least eight of us. Yeah. Um, but if you can tear off our masks... I didn't like how, how, how they were able to pretty easily dominate him because his powers should be more. He's had a lifetime soaking up yeah. of but the, they the are solar energy. Genetic soldiers. Yes, but that only helps you to a fault. You're I mean again, I still don't think they should have any powers while they have the armor on. Because they're not actually exposed to the sun's rays. That's what gets Superman well, as far as you know, Kryptonian armor can absorb solar radiation. <sighs> Maybe. Well I think that's again it's the problem of Superman. You have to have Somebody that can beat him. I just, yeah, I, yeah. I, oh, I have no problem with them being able to beat him. Okay, they get there and they're just humans. <laughs> well, but essentially like, they are. The, it would make it make for a really short movie, right? Because there was literally like at least yeah. an hour straight of action. And to be honest, that's where the movie loses me. And Superman two, they get out of that rotating um, piece of glass, mm. and as soon as they get out, Zod goes. <sighs> And they're frying snakes and throwing people into space, you know? Like, it's instantaneous. There's not even a second. No. And then they go, let's fly. And they put their stupid arms up, (laughs) and they get on the wires, and they go up into the air. So there's precedent in Superman 2 for it being quick. Oh, I have no no problem with that. I just wanted them to... Like, Zod was really the only one who really took his armor off Mm -hmm. and got amped up. And I had no problem with that. I just... I wish that they'd all... At least had some sort of like I don't know them in a tanning bed or something. I want to see them getting souped up. <laughs> Did you like that all their undercoats are all the onesie with the symbol? Yeah, I like that. Oh, that was great. I think that's a it's a nice way of making it so that it wasn't Ma you know Ma Kent sewing it at home because mm-hmm. that's in most iterations that's what it is. And I'm glad they were very liberal with talking about this is our ethnic symbol. It means the House of Al. This is our clan. All oh the yeah, kinds yeah. Of different things that was introduced in Superman one and furthermore in Superman two. That's um, where it first came from. Yeah, I, I'm glad they did that and they kept that going because I and I'm glad they they appropriate that in the comics too because I really like that. I think that's a really neat way to take it. Um, yeah, I mean, it makes it's it's kind of a cool like you know it gives them something in, so instead just, of just an S on his chest. It's not a dope S. Yeah. yeah. So the cape is Kryptonian, but there's no real explanation for why it's able to withstand everything. I'm guessing like the body armor can. I just I don't know. Is it just a you want to use the DC Comics explanation? Well, right now... He has an aura away from his that's body. That's not what it is anymore, that, actually. Uh, now it actually is an indestructible cape. Well, the cape would never be part of the aura anyway. No, but I'm just saying, now it is indestructible. He still must have his aura, though. That he, takes it means his clothes don't get shredded. Uh, does he? Why not? I don't know. He's he, he's I, wearing I, armor now, so whatever. That's what like Once he's Superman, he has armor, so nothing can happen. By the way, anyway. Tibor, you may have seen the new Superman comics, but they took away his underwear a little while ago. Oh, so yeah. there's that's where this comes from, which I'm happy oh, to yeah, see. Oh, yeah, no, that's it. From the... Uh, yeah, and yeah, Batman doesn't wear... Batman's not wearing underwear in the Dark Knight, so I mean, it yeah. looks like, and Green Lantern doesn't wear underwear. I, I didn't mind the suit at all, to be honest. I thought it was pretty. I didn't mind the suit. Yeah, I actually thought we should. Have, I'm glad we addressed that because I'm glad to hear that you had no problem with it. Yeah, I was worried I that other issues. people. There was a bit of a dark pout to the movie, though. Like, I'm okay with that. You're okay with that? Oh, yeah. A little bit brighter. Maybe near the end, I would have mind, wouldn't have minded a little bit of brightness. 
Well, uh, I mean, the only thing that is interesting is that we were saying like they all have the same sort of under armor, um, but what's it? How come Superman's is colored and the, the rest of them all wear black? Yeah, because they didn't really even, address that. Even Jor-El, when he um, goes he, in the water, his, he takes his, off his armor and he black. has a muted one. Yeah, it's all black. But when he was wearing it before, it was kind of a darker blue, very well, dark. All I can tell is like this is an armor, right? Know. This is like usually usually they have this under under sheath. This is a onesie or whatever, yeah. and then they put armor on top of it, and they have a cape attached to their armor. Yeah, um, Jor-El shows him this suit, and it has a cape on it, and it has boots. It's not just their undersheath. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's is colored. Is it a ceremonial garb? Yeah, they I don't, don't really it address is. it. They just he's just like here's your suit. All he had to say was this is a this is a ceremonial or this is um, yeah. our, our emblems or our colors or anything. Would have yeah, been exactly. Like a little bit of an explanation instead of because everybody else has black underneath. Yeah, it. yeah. yeah. and did like Zod, Zod stripping off at the end and it floating up into the air. That was kind of cool. Very comic book pose. Yeah. Um, I'm and glad he see them fighting. Uh, one of the things that is concerning for a Superman movie is that how much of, of the special effects that you can do in this movie have done, been, done, been done before. Mm-hmm. So you look at Matrix and go, look, they've already had the Neo Smith fight where they're flying around punching each other like gods. And you've got Thor who can do a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. How do you make it Superman? And I was great. I was so happy to see them doing a lot of stuff with the I beams and having fights that were entirely in the air. When Zod and, and Cal are punching each other's lights out. And, they're, and they hit each other so hard they go flying in the air and the other one pursues and catches them and grabs them still in the air and they're mm. having a slugfest just in the air at super speed that is I've only ever seen it done that this way in this movie and it's unique to Superman and I was very glad to see that mm. it wasn't just I can fly and I can pick up cars everyone's did, like yeah Thor does that did you like how how the heat vision was portrayed like actually being like yeah, I mean, it's been... Yeah. Because okay sometimes it. it's just like little beams of light. Yeah. And it's it, it, he can light something on fire. These were almost mega beams, man. They were pretty big. They were pretty crazy. Yeah. But I was, I was okay with it. Do. It made it so menacing, especially when Zod's threatening to, to sever humans, just cut them in half. Mm. You can really feel the stakes are as high as they could be. He's going to murder a family in cold blood. What can he possibly do to stop this? If it was just his eyes were glowing and the wall got warm, yeah. he'd be like, "Okay, well, you know, they can." <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have, wouldn't have translated as well visually. Yeah, and I love how they even show the veins in their flesh. Yeah, the, yeah, that was kind of cool. And especially with Zod, it got even like more intense. It was almost like a vamp- rage. It was almost like a vampiric effect because certain mm-hmm. like uh, vampire diaries when they go vampire, they have the same like. Whatever. Are we really, really like comparing uh, uh, Superman to just like Vampire Diaries. <laughs> Kelly watches it. I'm. Uh, I you watch know, it with we her. could have discussed Nietzsche and his take on the Superman Jesus. and what that means for philosophy uh-huh. and like incorporation to this movie. Instead, we're going to go there. We're going to go Vampire Diaries. I'm just saying the eyes go. Anyway, whatever. I've never seen an episode. To be, you don't have to watch it at all. But let's let's not go there. Let's. I, I had a. I, know, I was going to go to another point, and you guys took that away from me. So, I mean, that aside, um, we Fair all agree the action was too lengthy. Oh, way too well, long. Well, can, can, before we go move on from the action, um, uh, this is something I had mentioned right after we saw the movie, which I shouldn't. I should always save it for the podcast. But um, in the Battle of, of, of Smallville, uh, I found it bothersome that there seemed to be very little regard of, on Superman's behalf of not. Not causing property damage. Not only that, but the American government. Yeah, they give the go ahead to fire these giant Gatling guns. There's civilians around down a strip. Yeah, there's a lot of civilians around. I mean, I understand this is kind of a a, a unique situation. You're not usually going to have aliens on your soil, 
Like, well, this I type understood. of alien. Superman understood. didn't even really do anything to uh, stop it. To stop it either, right? Like, he didn't seem to really be concerned. He, was, mean, yeah, he, he ha- saved some people. Some, but yeah. I feel like he. Sh- I, I, I'm. You made the comment before that you know it's not as interesting if you don't have Superman to be able to be thrown into something. Like, if he takes them out of Smallville, it's not visually. Yeah, if all they do is fight in the desert, it's not as visually appealing. But I and and I'm okay with it at first. But I just felt like. When he's tackling someone, he wouldn't be tackling them into. Oh, he tackles them into the IHOP. He tackles them into everything. Into yeah, series. they get like they just yeah. rip up small like, like crazy. And, but like, I loved it. I thought it was great to see that because like the the DC universe gets the hell pounded out of this movie. It does. I was it was just like almost Empire Strikes Back. Actually, Empire Strikes Back doesn't do the best damage. There's a lot of damage done, and buildings completely collapse. Like you don't see a lot of death, but you can tell there's a lot of people oh, that are there dying. Was some serious destruction. Yeah. yeah, people are being completely killed, and that's so fine that when the villains cool. are doing it. But when Superman's part of the destruction, well, he, but it's he's one thing if they drag. Stop them. I know, but it's one thing if like they drag him through something. But when he's like willingly punching people into things, he he has the yes, power. But this is also to direct them elsewhere. Super rookie, super year one Superman. He doesn't. No, he's not. He's not prepared for any of this. Like he didn't train for any of this. He had no idea this would ever happen. He just found out who he was. Are you a telling ago. me he didn't go to the 30th century with the Legion of Superheroes? He doesn't. He did not. And, pl- and fight as he doesn't have experience. Everything does happen him. very, very quickly. From like the point where he finds. Oh, I do. Well, sorry, yeah. Speaking yeah. of that, I do like. This is something we don't usually get to see, but when he first flying and he's actually smiling and having a good time, yeah, we don't usually get to see Clark having a fun time. And, and the powers. sense of speed you eventually get, and the sense of wonder. Like I remember, I, I just watching it a few, like an hour ago, and um, I don't usually get caught up in the wonder of a superhero movie anymore because they're just so ubiquitous, and the action and the CGI has become so like over the top. But they, I, I have to have my hat off to Schneider once he finally gets full bore flying. And he's just soaring across the planet, and you're mm. seeing him across the planet, and he goes to Africa. There's a little nod to, to birthright there, um, and the, that sense of speed and awe, and he floats out into the uh, into the atmosphere, and he's looking over the planet. Like I got the chills. I got like this feels awesome. Not in in, in the uh, in the awe aspect. Mm. I, I, I like how he started off jumping, yeah. and then like yeah. slowly ended up, which getting... is a very good golden age nod. To yeah, exactly. Where he could buildings. only leap. Yeah, yeah I thought and, that was a cool way and, of starting him off. And Ursa Feora can only do that, right? That, yeah, yeah, for she's, she's a leaper. Jumping, yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, which I is like really cool to see. Um, Amber and I were discussing the idea of genocide. Okay, and I find that very interesting. There, you know, there's two layers to this. Um, uh, Zod has this argument with Cal, and he goes, "Cal, you have to stand on one side or the other." Whose side are you on? Yeah. You will either be participant in committing genocide against your own race. We are the last remnants of Krypton. We can save it. We can restore it. If you don't help us, if you cast us out or you kill us, mm-hmm. you commit genocide against your own people, you become an orphan, you become a last soul survivor, you're killing a race. Yes. If you stand for the humans, if you stand, you know, if you stand, uh, but if you participate with us, you'll be killing all the humans and committing genocide against them. Mm. So Cal is left in the middle, and he has to essentially commit genocide against one race. That's it's brought up at least three different times, so that they they're telling the audience this is a theme in the movie, yeah. and I find that's very interesting. It's not really de- dwelt upon, no. but I find that again, him being the ultimate. In betweener between these two worlds, I'm the immigrant who can never belong anywhere. Now yeah. I'm left with this choice that I'm, I'm in position with to kill. What, what do I? Who, yeah. What culture do I kill? Now there's a literal sense to it, like the physical lives are wiped out, and then there's the uh, allegory of the American dream, or the and uh, more more specifically the American amalgamation or integration paradigm. When you come to Canada, 
it's understood in our culture, our society here, that you can adopt Canadianisms, mm-hmm. but you can be your own. You can keep your culture. You can move to a part. You can move to Italy, little, little Italy. You can move to Greek town. You can move to Markham, mm-hmm. which is like our, our kind of China Chinatown. Um, and you can be Canadian and you can be Chinese. It's fine. When you move to America, there's an idea that you become American. And you need to adopt Americanisms and become like an American. And it, it, there's a sense of putting off the old man mm-hmm. and putting on the new. This idea of genocide. Which culture is more superior? Which culture do I keep? Which culture do I decide to use? Mm-hmm. Which one am I, right? Do I get rid of the Kryptonian and ignore it? Or do I keep the new? Uh, again, going back to this idea of the Jewish immigrant story. these Jor-El is telling his son, you have to let go of the old. That was yeah. what his dad told him. A lot of these immigrants would come over to America, and America is telling them, you need to let go of everything, and you're American now. Mm. Uh, forget the old German ways that you knew as a Jewish German growing up. Um, I find that a very interesting layer. Oh, that's also added to the theme of the movie. Um, which, again, all these themes we're talking about, the, the science being good, science being evil, uh, um, Superman as a savior figure... Uh, the idea of him being the immigrant or the exile. The idea of um, which culture is more superior. Do I Can I coexist as two cultures or do I let one go and, and the other? Um, I feel that this movie is rife with it. I rife with it. And I enjoyed it for all those reasons. Um, having said that, the action sequences being a little lengthy, I can live with that. Like, lengthy action sequences that are at least, I mean, done well, good CGI, might be a bit of a waste of time. Hmm. But at least they had other things put into it. Um, that thing- were meaningful and had content and, yeah. and Jonathan Kent sacrifice like those those are themes that I enjoyed but the thing is when the action sequences become longer they dilutes it or it does dilute it a big so, way yeah. if, you, if you I mean not that I only want it to be like five minutes of punching but I mean when it just becomes like over and over and over again each punch means less hmm. because when it used to be like if you look at even uh, like Return of the Jedi they have their lightsaber battle they're not doing a lot of battling but each strike means something mm-hmm. because you don't have as much of it, and there's just something about the scarcity of it. That was a good scene. It, it seems a lot more exciting, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Whereas you watch like uh, Star Wars Episode One, and there's tons of lightsaber. Like there's a really bat- long, pro- and they're not meaningful. Long, it starts to become a, like Tibor. I mean, you yeah, know, no, I agree. Star Wars. I mean, it becomes a little less meaningful when there's just so much of it. Yeah, like Episode Two, that whole battle in the on Geonosis with like the. Yeah. It just got ridiculous, and I think this suffered from that too, because it just got like this. The battle like starts in Smallville, and literally, I don't know. Like after they left Smallville, and the battle just like it, it lost me. Like I was getting bored, to be honest. Like the action was elaborate, and it was you know whatever. But like with CG now, they can do whatever they want. Plus, they can just, do anything. Do you think it, if they cut out the terraforming whole thing and just skipped to the Zod fight, it would have been a little bit better? Better. But I just felt Possibly, that was like, but I mean, the terraforming thing adds a layer of like adds a little bit more threat. And I mean, but again, I didn't think it was. A, I didn't really care for. But it, it was really lengthy. Like he would have planned to stop this, and that, and then they integrate. You know, they they incorporate their plan, and that whole sequence is like what thirty minutes. Yeah, no, it is. A, it's long, and that's the thing is like, there's just so much action. Couldn't like, they have just like done the wormhole, or the black hole singularity quickly? Yeah, like Superman so. takes this, smash this into that Superman. He does it. They get sucked in, and now we're at the Zod battle. You know, mm-hmm. it could have been shorter. Yeah. It was cool though to see. Oh, some these of it was, ships was hovering over and just terraforming the planet, and that was it, neat to I see. F- I found the destruction of Metropolis. It found felt inconsistent because you had like a. Uh, like a craterish area, but then that's right where Lois was. But she was still able to get to the train station really quickly. 
Like, it just felt like, how, where is the city? Like, it just felt, I don't know. It, after oh, the, yeah, well, yeah, that's that's just the problem of them flying around in the air and smashing the train station she gets there. Yeah, that's what we are talking about before. And then, I, I just felt after a while, stop, just, it, it, again, it's the idea that I like the punching, but after a while, it's just like, here we go through another building. Another, like, it was just numerous buildings. Like, yeah, if you, but there are some of those things where he gets hit so hard. Like, it's pretty crazy. And then to see someone smack through buildings and the buildings fall down, some of it was pretty impressive. It, it was, but then there was just more and more and more of it. Like, again, I, I brought it up before, but, like, if you play Injustice Gods Among Us and there's, there's transition sequences where you'll hit someone through to the next part of the stage, and it's ridiculous because it's just, like, them bouncing through buildings. And it was just, like... That's superheroes, was, though. You know is, why I love knockback. It is superheroes, but it's basically just what this movie was. It was just constant, you know, it, it, again, the more and more destruction there is, it feels like it matters less and less. Again, it's the constipation of the American, of the uh, uh, Superman series. If it had been more destruction in any of the other Superman movies, we wouldn't be squeezing it so tight, waiting for destruction. But he has around. fought himself in other movies. <laughs> well, to, like, for example, like in Avengers, I thought Avengers did such a good job of keeping the action, like, like I don't know, it just followed the action really well. Whereas here, I felt sort of disjointed. Like Avengers is more brisk. Like, I, like actually, I think the that, camera angles. The, are... the battle in, of New York, I thought was really well done. Just like you're following all the characters, you know, like it, you felt like you know where you were in that space. Whereas in this one, like it was just sort of like there's just so much shit going on. T. Ward does make a good point. It feels like, disorienting. It, yeah, it was where disorienting. It was like, and then cutting back to Lawrence Fishburne running down the fucking street was I was like really what the fuck do I care about now, what, what I Lawrence Fishburne is doing right is now is the scene where he's trying to save Jenny 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 Olsen and she the actress like you can see in her eyes the terror of two things I'm gonna die and I don't wanna be alone yeah, yeah. and Lawrence Fishburne as his acting at that scene is actually very, quite good as well I agree where he that. grabs her hand and you can see in Lawrence's eyes like I'm not gonna leave you and he doesn't even look behind him as he knows he's gonna die and I feel like that was the more important part. The running, t was right. They don't need the running. But I like that because we have to see in humanity hope. We have to see that they're worth saving, right? Mm-hmm. And so there are a few times when they put in these scenes where it goes, look, Lawrence Fishburne up to this point has just been yelling at Lois and saying, I'm going to sue you and yelling at her. And so you go, oh, he's bad. He's a bad man. <laughs> but you can see that in all human <laughs> beings is there also is love and there's compassion and there's bravery. So it's nice to see that duality and, 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 and have it in Perry, Perry White showing that. You know, that that's mm. a nice scene, but it could have been shorter and it could have well, been... Well, it just, it felt disjointed. Like, they sort of went back to him and then it was like, oh, there's Superman going through yeah. a freaking building. Well, they building. were kind of pretending that this was a thread that was being carried on throughout. You kept showing yeah. them in the building watching this happen and then we gotta get out and then it cuts and then but we're down the street and it cuts and then we're getting blown up and it cuts. Like, yeah. It was it was weirdly cut together. Like that's what I mean. Is like I think it, it like with Avengers, it was great the action because you felt like you were in the space. You knew where you were at all at all points. Only the exception for the Captain America uh, transition, where he gets knocked into a building and all of a sudden has to save the building of people from a scroll. Oh that yeah, kind of every once in a while. But yeah, you're right. Avengers is. More sense of space is better. Just better. Whereas right? here, it just it felt really disjointed at points. Like, but I felt like the meat, the threat, the feeling of threat and imminent destruction is more severe in this because oh, things for get sure. yeah. Out. yeah. Whereas in Avengers, especially I never from felt the worried. human perspective, yeah, yeah, for, yeah. They're just running in terror. Like, and they're building like the collapsing. Metropolis is like pretty much getting wiped. And, out. and the scrolls, I just feel like they just keep shooting little beams at buildings, and the little pock gets taken out. But like. Buildings are not being knocked down wholesale like they are yeah. in this. This was definitely like gods throwing each other yeah. around. And, and just... that sense of scope, I thought, was important for a Superman movie. Again, that gave it a sense of, of great mm. grandeur, even though it was a little bit lengthy, too lengthy. So you enjoyed that there was no Fortress of Solitude in any way? 
I'm okay with it. What do you mean there was no Fortress of Solitude <laughs> anyway? It was the ship. Well, I get. Well, the ship's gone now, though. Well, but, yeah, but that was the, yes. That okay, was so the he, had, he had a fortress, right? but he doesn't really have any solitude there. No, how do you feel? <laughs> how do you feel about his dad being gone though? Like, it, like the, the he's not gone. Well, the Superman USB key was inside the. No, no, no. The programming he inserted his key into that ship, and it downloaded Jor into the ship. Yes, and then he she later uh, Lois inserts it into the enemy ship, and he gets downloaded there too. Yes, my point is the USB key. The last time we see it is inside the original vessel that brought him to Earth. Because that's how they yeah. got it. Yeah. Zod brings his own key. No, that's a different... I'm talking... Zod brings his own key into the, the, yeah. the big ship. Yeah, and then wipes him out. Sorry, yeah. I'm ta- the, but that's the big ship that they find. I'm talking the actual ship that brought Kal to Earth was... That they had the to baby put pod. The, the baby pod. They had to put the Superman USB key into it yeah. in order to send it into the black... Create mm. the black hole. So his dad can no longer be downloaded anywhere. Unless... Unless there's... Unless he was, you know, he's in the USB some backup key. memory in the original Fortress the, the of Solitude Who do you think was translating the language into all the different languages of the planet when Zod was talking? Jor, secretly in the TV. <laughs> God. Shut Sitting up. behind the he's scenes. He's in the computer? He's not in the computer. Alright, um, well... So he's in the Matrix in the Lord's face. Do you think they're going to write Russell Crowe out? Of the next one? I don't think... Well, how, how would you keep him in? Well, what happened to the ship? It ultimately was, like... Uh, it landed somewhere else, right? Like, the... What's it? Or was it... No, it was blown up, It was right? blown up. So, yeah, Oh, it's... no, wait. Cal comes, he he smashes into it. Yeah. And then he, he beams... He starts cutting he, it up. He and it cuts crashes. it up. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's gone. So, no, it crashed, though. It's not like... Okay, theoretically, I guess, maybe some of it could be... Yeah, so there's still Kryptonian technology However, his, his, his dad's already been deleted from that one, though. Because Zod so, interfaced... Well, deleted, I mean, they could... Recompile well, the program was, or something. There you go. Uh, Especially just, but yeah, it's, it does feel a little bit more final that like he's gone. Or he could just take the, it out of his S on his chest because <laughs> it materializes out of yeah. it. No, I did feel like he, like they were definitely slamming the door on that and being like, okay, mm. like that that part is over. We paid him enough money for this movie. We well, can't no, afford it, it for the next one. It felt like they're like maybe that was supposed to be symbolic of being of Cal being able to move on from that part. Yeah, like Krypton Say goodbye to it. He's already committing genocide. Mm-hmm. So why not go full bore? And there's no nothing, nothing left. Let's hope he finds Candor next. Oh yeah, God! Actually, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, Candor is a, a bottle city, a shrunken down bottle city of a, a lost city of Krypton. It was mentioned in the Big Bang Theory. That's where he goes and he gets his dry cleaning done, right? <laughs> it would actually fit yes. in because we know there are colonies everywhere. What if there's a lost colony? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they, they go there, that, yeah. and Brainiac what? is in the computer. I was surprised that there weren't more uh, Easter eggs in some ways. Uh, no. Besides LexCorp. Yeah, Lex Corp was there. Yeah, there was the one truck, right? And was all hating me. I'm like, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> I, I'm, I am glad that they didn't. Did you use... see the guy? You see the guy in the, in the uh, green suit with really rabid, red hair with curls off to the side, smoking a cigar. You didn't see him? Nope. Uh, in that scene when he knocks over that truck, a piece of metal flies off, cuts off his red hair, and he cries out, "No, Superman! I'll destroy you for cutting my hair." Um, I was glad there was no kryptonite. Yes, absolutely. Well, I felt like they kind of went close enough with the idea that the atmosphere... The atmosphere was sort of the sure, yeah. yeah. Of it's, all the MacGuffins in any science fiction, this is one of the earliest examples of the cheapest MacGuffin. He can't be destroyed. Except for this one piece of green and thing that comes in the planet. Like, that. forget it. I'm, well, I'm glad that they kept that out as well as Luther. I'm so, yeah. well, well, I'm surprised they didn't even have a reference to Luther being what a military contractor. incredible di- restraint on the part of the writers, eh? Yeah. That, they must have had a draft where he was in there, and they just said no. Well, at the end of the day, the last movie didn't do so well, and Luther was oh, in it. Yeah. So, and, and Kryptonite was a huge part of it, and a lot of people were upset about how Kryptonite was used because it was inconsistent. 
So, to, to say the least. So, it, it makes sense to kind of back off from those. I just was surprised there weren't more Easter eggs. Especially with the supposed plan that they're going to create a Justice League movie in, what, two years? It's got to come from somewhere. I just Yeah, there's no threads to Justice League at all. Uh, they didn't even really play out the fact that... I mean, I only know because there was a lot of speculation about it. And I don't even know if they actually listed the character as such. But I think Jenny's supposed to be... Jenny Olsen instead of Jimmy Olsen yeah. which I'm fine with but yeah. they didn't even make mention of it so it seemed like I a waste I was super glad for Lawrence Fishburne to play uh, Prairie White that was a great yeah why not she's he... missing a stogie though but other than that it was good yeah yeah. He should... did you want him to see Great Caesar's Ghost no that's that's his line uh, it's difficult because when you don't actually have an actor as far as we know for Batman and you certainly don't have one for Diana it's very difficult to build the Justice League movie. even to have names though even to have like they didn't even reference like Coast City or Gotham. Like, well, to I, be fair, what's it, like they're basically riding on this one, aren't they? Like, the, that's what they've they been need, saying. Yes, they need but if this. this does well, and I guess, I guess it critically does well, mm-hmm. then they'll like go on to that. So, I mean, it's not even like they're not really. They never said that we're setting it up with this one. They're saying if this one does good, we're gonna go set it yeah, up. Yeah, but, but it feels like if you knew that this was maybe gonna be the plan, if your movie worked out. Wouldn't you have a few references well, in there? But DC's bombed so many times that maybe they're just like, you know what? Let's not give them any glimmer of hope, and let's <laughs> hope know. this holds on its own. Well, even and... just even um, I mean, uh, there were a few characters like Lombard, uh, the character at the Daily Planet. He's a long-standing character in the DC universe. So okay. Pete, well, uh, and that Pete Ross. Uh, this is the worst version of Pete Ross I've ever seen. I like them. Lana Lang. They really didn't, didn't use Lana. Didn't really yeah. use her. Which is, they didn't have room. That's okay. But I, honestly, the, I, I'm okay filling in the blanks. And maybe there was a little bit of something. Yeah, like that look that they gave each other. Yeah, there was a look, and I can read we'll as it. much as I want. Take it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Lombard didn't fit for me because he's supposed to be like have more actual swagger and supposed to be like more of a macho guy, which was always supposed he's to. He's a ju- loser in this. It was always supposed to juxtapose Clark being like the the bookish, bumbling nerdy, oaf. bumbling oaf, and he's supposed to be this more confident, uh, charismatic. Uh, a little, a little. This bit is the guy that works at the IHOP, right? No, no, so not, that's uh, Pete. Pete okay. Lombard's the guy who has the slow tickets at the end. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's okay, like wants yeah, to yeah. hit up the intern pool instead. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. Emil Hamilton is a long-standing character. He's the scientist. So you're getting nods to like some of them. Superman's universe, yes. well, yeah, but not is... to Flash. And I know that you really want to see Flash, but. No, I, I, I just thought there'd be more shout-outs to Superman. Flash Universe was in this way. movie like seven times. If you slow it down in the Blu-ray, you'll see him just running through. <laughs> That'd be awesome. On his way somewhere. Where's he going? He's going back to the cornfields. He's not helping Twally, out, eh? It's Wally. He's going yeah. to do some farming. Um, so, overall, uh, I say this is the best Superman film. Not perfect, but certainly better than all the other stuff that's come before it. It did leave me a little cold, though. My question for you is, uh, do you... If we're going to compare this to Batman Beyond, uh, Batman Beyond, Batman Begins, because that started the Bat franchise, mm-hmm. do you think that you enjoyed this more or less than Batman Begins? Much less. Less. I enjoyed it more. I don't like yeah. Batman Begins. Batman Begins, I adored. I don't like the shaky cam. I don't like the use of um, Scarecrow. I didn't care for Maybe, uh, yeah, Scarecrow didn't need to be there, but I just like the journey. I felt more of the journey. The journey to become Batman was more, I don't know, more satisfying. And yes. again, and it, there's a lot of other things. Like I, I really like the cinematography in that a little bit better. Um, I like the music a ton of a ton more, and that that's part of what made Batman Begins work for me. Was that I really I felt like I was being swept along in this journey because like I, when they first had those shots of him exploring the uh, you know, the icy mountains and everything, and they had this great music setting up those sequences. I'm like, okay, I'm there. 
I'm I'm with Bruce Wayne on this yeah, journey. Yeah, but the, the difference is uh, Bruce has no childhood. His childhood is actually robbed of him when his parents are killed. So his journey begins when he's in his twenties. At times, I had more of a sense of who Bruce was than in this movie. Cal's cause... journey is as a child, and so we get that peppered throughout the flashbacks. So yeah. there is a journey here too. There is. I just found at the the present, at times he almost seemed a little emotionless. Because he's trying to be stoic. He's trying to be stoic, and again, the, the moments where he smiles or when he breaks those are good. Th- yeah. Those were really good because that's what Superman should be. He should be when he starts talking to you, you should feel comforted. In and some he way. does that with his parents. He smiles with his parents, and he smiles with Lois. Yes. So that's nice because those are his emotional anchors, right? Those are who he smiles for. He lets a smile up for them. But to everyone else, he's going to be... He's hes an alien. You know, for goodness sake, he's got to be yeah. as like representational as he can. Of, and, and I get that they need to have that story to kind of explain. This is why people are going to trust him and not think that they're, he's going to take over their world. you think after they blew up Metropolis this bad, no one would trust him. Like, that, you well, came from their thinking. planet? That's kind of what I was thinking. Like he And he has this, this destructive capability. And then, but I, yes, they, they sort of touch on they that do, with the yeah. military guys, yeah. right? Yeah. Where he saves them, and then they come, and they have their guns aimed at him, and they go, they all lower them, and like, he's one of us. Like, no, but I mean, afterwards. Afterwards, when, though, when he's when he takes down the military like, satellite. Stop looking for me. Stop hunting for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I found that. They do little, sort of address it. And yeah, they're like, well, like, I'll how, do, how, do you know, how do we know that you're not going to be, uh, yeah. you know, help on America's I mean, interests? I mean, the original Superman movie obviously showed played up the fact that he was this do-gooder. Before he went up against any villains... He was just doing good. He was helping out. He was wherever he could, and he was ah shucks about it. But I mean, he was mm-hmm. very just going around doing things. Whereas here, no one sees him do that. All they really see him do is reveal himself because he's been lying his entire life. He he unveils himself yes, because but, he, but he does has do to. good deeds yeah. here too. He it, does, but, but not this the is same. done with more of an eye towards some semblance. And I've used this very. Superman is usually with proact- some reality. Yes, but Superman is very usually very proactive. A man in leotard lives. with underwear on the outside, floating around, saving everyone, just as the do-gooder, and mm. everyone loves him because he's all shucks. Has like what? what? Like that's yeah. not. But Superman's proactive. He like yeah, he, he was. This one is too. He's a secret. I know, but I, I no, just... he wasn't really proactive. He he he. When he's needed, he helps in those situations. He's there at the time, so which he is helps very out. reactive. Like it just felt very here. Like he... wait, wait, wait. wait. Superman's always reactive. He's never proactive. Sorry. He saves people who are in trouble. He doesn't solve Sorry. real hunger. He's by reactive like... no matter what, but I'm saying it was more of a, a localized reactivity. I don't know. Like he was in the I know what you're trying to say. I I, I understand what you're trying to say. Like he was But he he wasn't he, looking to he help. He also people. can't like fly he... yet. Again, this is rookie That's true. Yeah, year he one can't. Superman. He doesn't know he doesn't even know he can fly. No, so what is he gonna do? I don't know. I, just, I don't know. So, I, how did he get to the oil rig? Like, he jumped off the boat and swam. Well, I mean, we see him traveling. Um, yeah, I guess he hit the swim. Yeah, it, it took. He got there pretty quick. I guess he's a fast swimmer. Yeah, it's like a, I mean, you could you Aquaman could deduce if I mean, Aquaman he helped him out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was there was the reference when he jumped. Like, <laughs> yeah, you don't actually see him jump off the boat, but there's a little seahorse. <laughs> you can see this guy riding a seahorse between his thighs <laughs> in the distance. Um, but we know he can run fast and he can leap. That's all we know. So yeah. like, when could it infer that he could swim fast? That's true. I guess. Yeah, yeah you're right. But yeah, I know what you're trying to say. Like, he's not like I'm going to help people. Like, he's no. just like. Oh, there's some people in danger. I better help. Which is, yeah, I don't know. Like, usually, well, why else is he working but, on, that, on that shipping on the on the crab boat or the fishing boat? Is he doing it for a paycheck? Well, we don't really well, know. Well, he's I, searching for something. Well, that's the thing. I think the whole idea is that he doesn't know who he is, and he's just sort of trying to fit in into regular society and see, you know, what he is. Like, he's just yeah. sort of like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, he but, doesn't have any yeah. sort of guy. Like, but we don't that's really, part of the hero's journey. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, 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 it makes sense. Yeah. I think. 
But yeah. this idea of Superman not being local, he is local. He lives in Metropolis. Yeah, he that's true. Metropolis. Yeah, he doesn't save. He the doesn't world. fly to Gotham yeah. every week. Not the Gotham, but punch I mean, the Joker into space. He stops earthquakes. <laughs> he does this and that. Okay, I'm sure if there was an earthquake in this movie, so that Lois could die, and you could have that great scene where he rewinds time again, <laughs> he'd do it. But there was no earthquakes in this movie for you. Damn it! Well, there are localized earthquakes, and, and there are tornadoes too. But you know, he just lets all people die in those. Yeah, Ooh, too soon. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's almost always a tornado. Yes, in, in the Superman origin yes, story, it has to be a tornado. In a usually, well, I guess it's because of usually where he, he lives. flies in and saves someone. But if it's not a tornado, it's a natural disaster. In every single origin story, there's a yes. natural disaster he has to save. Like someone. in um, for all seasons, it was a flood. Uh, and tornado. Oh, and a tornado. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was both. Smallville had a, like the TV show had at the end of Where's the first the season. Where's the water coming from in Kansas? I don't know the area that well, the topography of the United States, but I thought it was landlocked. <laughs> I don't know. There's water somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I guess I have to see what the next movie looks like. Like what Superman looks like to because this obviously it, it was just such a long origin story to get him to the point where this is where everyone else like. Before we went into this movie, I was afraid, well, we're going to see the origin again, and I'm wondering how this is going to feel retread. Like, as much as I really enjoyed Amazing Spider-Man, a lot of it was just the origin again. And this felt like like two and a half hours of origin. Like, to set him up to where everyone, the status quo that everyone is kind of comfortable with and knows, it took two and a half hours to get there. Okay, where's the next movie? Like, that's... It took that long to get there. Yeah, but I think that usually what you're waiting for when you feel like you don't ha- you haven't got enough, the origin took too long, is you never didn't get enough superheroics. If anything, our critique of this movie is there was too much superheroics. He's Superman the whole movie, really. Mm. That's yeah, what they, true. Yeah. That's the advantage of the nonlinear storytelling. They can get to Superman right away and then interweave mm. origin with it. Well, I think they had to go with the intercutting because I think had it had they done it the other way and gone with the traditional. You know him growing up and all that. It would have been like, ah, we've seen this so many times, like again. So I think they had to do it this way and sort of skip over it a bit and make it a bit faster paced, because otherwise people would complain. Like we've done an origin, we've done it, we've seen it so many times. So yeah, they sort of skip all over that so they can get into the action, but then almost do too much action and not enough storytelling, Hmm. right? So it's like, okay, there's this great stuff at the beginning. And then it's like, you just end off with all this action. And then, like you said, you end up with Clark, like, you know, going into the Daily Planet. And it's kind of like, really? Like, why did we have to go there with this? Like, couldn't we have taken it in a different direction? Mm-hmm. I personally agree. I don't think, it, like, him going into the Daily Planet was necessary. Like, yeah. It didn't feel like that story was, like, like this is where that was leading, like, necessary. No, it, did, it definitely felt very, like, forced because this is where they, they wanted to set him up for the status quo. But it, in this context of the movie... He wasn't moving in this direction. He was actually moving towards not having a secret identity at all, which Absolutely, is what you want. Yeah. Yeah. He's just Superman. Oh, there are people still, I'm sure, in that theater who are leaving who were upset that Lois knew who he was. How could they do Like, first of all, guys... I'm not a huge fan of that, to well, be honest. Look, this is... I mean, it's ridiculous, like, for him, her not to know, though. Like, if she senses that feeling from him, like, that's sort of like... They become pretty close pretty quick, and if you're going to have yeah. that... And if you're going to do this as a series of movies, you need to get past all that bullcrap and let them be a couple. Because the idea before is that Superman was introduced as a serialized story. Yes. And so as a serial, you draw things out yeah, exactly. super long. It's the Voyager paradigm. Voyager is a story about getting home. Yes. As soon as they get home, the series has to end. Though I think it would have been bold had they got home sooner. I agree. I completely agree. But everybody knows, and it happens with Quantum Leap, yeah. it happens with all these things, 
The, you Whenever cannot, there's a set destination, yes. it's a how much your mother has the same problem. As soon as we meet the mother, yeah. you arrive at your destination. And this show and it ha- has to end. Mm. So what we do is you draw things out so that the end never comes. Everyone wants Lois and, and, and Clark to be together, but when they have a serialized thing that never has an end, they'll never get together. You have a movie right now. You can maybe get three movies tops out of this. Yeah. You've got to get them together. Yeah, no, I think they handled it well. I don't yeah. I, like. I mean, though they do get together really quickly. Okay. But it, I mean, it moves along. Like the whole movie has a pretty quick. Actually, pace I thought there was a lot of restraint, and and like that first kiss took a while to get there. Yeah, like I I, that's true. Yeah, I, yeah, I, no, that's like true. I was yeah. waiting for it. And I was like, when is it going to happen? Well, and it's not when the too military soon. when the military is watching them and they're just standing there. Like, I thought that was actually a very cute jump shot where they jump from the cell to just the desert and they're standing and staring that's at each cool, other. Yeah. That was very weird, but also kind of like. A little bit of like it almost, felt like, it almost felt like Tim Sale was involved in that because that's like a very comic book panel. It was of the two people sit and the military's watching them, and it, you could almost see in her eyes that she wants to kiss him. And as soon as he touches her hand, it's almost like she wants to lean in, but she doesn't. I agree. Know what to do? And I like that they didn't do that. Yeah, because they the military's watching them. The generals yeah. are all like, "Okay, guys, I guess this is getting busy. I I'm guess just, I'll get my pants off." I, but it's nice that so you know she wants it, and then later on, and they probably both you know they both want it, and it's nice that you get that kind of closure when yeah. they do kiss. I do like that. Uh, oh, sorry. There's two things. Uh, first of all, I do like that. They kind of show her having that kind of spirit that he can be drawn to, mm-hmm. the, the, that fieriness, that not that that willing nature to kind of push things, mm-hmm. and he kind of likes that. But one thing I also thought was weird is that they never mentioned her dad at all because he's in the military. Well, well he's General he, Sam Lane. He, like, yeah. it just seemed off. Like, well, they didn't say that he was General Sam Lane in the movie, did they? They never mentioned him. Yeah, yeah he doesn't I'm, saying, get I'm just saying, at all. her in dad the comics, is he's a military brat. General Sam yeah. Lane. They never picked up on the fact that she was a military brat at so all. I guess she's not. Which, was, which is fine it just feels but it like, would explain why she's so fast if she's raised around the military yeah, yeah. she could get to clo- locations guess. faster but like having this what was it General Hardy or, yeah Hardy yeah like it could have just been her dad like I honestly thought that that's like they felt like that yeah. Maloney character could have just so been Betty Banner and General Ross I don't care it's a long standing part of the character and I would have been fine with it because it's just this weird like who is this guy who this general why does he need to be there? Why couldn't? But he then just be you also there? have to yeah. sort of bring that up. Like, I mean, this way, it just you didn't have. I to know. Bring that just, up. You don't have to bring that baggage. With it, it. It's a nice. It's a nice element that they usually like to have there. That like. But it would even explain she has an alien gun. But so, the dad's all, the dad's distrust of the uh, of this alien being with her daughter too. Like, like I guess it would explain how she's able to take this alien gun and shoot people with it and not miss. Yeah, they never she was trained that. in how to use weapons. That's true. Like yeah, that. they, yeah, because she is a pretty quick study on the uh, action sequence yeah. there one thing we haven't talked about is so Superman kills Zod how do yes. you feel about the, him killing I'm completely fine with it they, they framed life. it look I mean there's this idea that heroes cannot kill and if you kill it's because you have loose morale or you didn't try hard enough and it's 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 very powerful with Captain America and Superman and I don't agree with it I think that you should do everything you can not to take a life. I think that there are almost always an option, but it is simply not true to our reality that there's always an alternative Mm. to taking a life in the worst of circumstances. Um, I feel that Batman is a horrible human being for constantly taking the Joker, who has killed thousands and thousands of people, and just locking him up and locking him up so he can get out and kill some more people and lock him up so he can go shoot Robin and he can go shoot... I suppose he doesn't have him in a cage in the cave. 
Like he could cage. Yeah. Like why? Why not just like bring him to the back cave and like he's he's monitoring him. His own He doesn't trust anyone else in the world. You know, he trusts himself. There's a scene in Mark Waits Captain America where Captain America murders Red Skull. He doesn't murder him. Murder's different. He kills Red Skull to stop the world from ending. Yes. And there's a scene where where it's great how um, Andy Kubert draws it. Um, he's Cap is being told if you don't stop the skull right now this future you see in front of you will happen. It has already happened. You need to stop him so the future that you see in front of you, this horrible future, basically like of a, of a, of a Nazi America, doesn't come true. And he looks around into this future and he sees his, his friends strung up on crosses. And he, fi- and he goes on these panels and finally Cap pans around and sees Sharon there, her lifeless corpse. And then he, fe- he forms a knife in his hand from his super shield. His energy shield, and he stabs the 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 skull and kills him. And I thought that is so well done because he's shown that this is the last option, and he's showing his friends dead in front of him, and his girlfriend, wife slash long term romantic interest murdered on a cross or whatever. However, she's killed, and he goes, "I need to save the many." This is what Spock was talking about outweigh the needs of the few my need as the as the few to feel good about myself is not what's most important and if it this is what it takes i will make the sacrifice to save everyone else that's actually noble especially Mm. when it comes to killing a horrible evil person (laughs) everyone goes wouldn't it be great to go back in time and kill hitler wouldn't you want to do that no one ever goes what about hitler's feelings or Hitler isn't really guilty. Like, nobody does that. Everyone goes, well, Hitler and Stalin, these are examples of complete evil incarnate to other people mm-hmm. in, in their minds. Zod is depicted as being Oh, yeah, he's, he's absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. He yeah. says, he, even at the very beginning of the movie, he goes, we're going to conquer Krypton, and we're going to make it pure bloodlines, pure genetics are going to rule this planet. Yeah. And to which, uh, you know, uh, uh, L goes... Yeah, who's, who's bloodlines? Yeah, who, who are you going to choose? How much close to a nod to Hitler yeah. can you get? Yeah, yeah So Zod is Hitler. Yes. Are yeah. we to, meant to feel bad for this guy? He says to, to Cal, this can only end one of two ways. Yeah. Either you die or I die. If somehow that doesn't pan out, why was that written in the script? That's mm. foreshadowing what's going to happen. No, you're right. And he's left with no choice. Either this family of three can be murdered in front of him, or he can kill Hitler. Yeah, and plus, well, there was... At that point, they had already uh, set, uh, killed the rest of them with the uh, singularity. Well, did they well, kill them or they like, suck them into a or, well, they suck them into a yeah. yeah. But anyway, there, there was no other alternative as to how we're going to... Like, I mean, the guy is unstoppable at right. this point. Yeah, he's, right? he's absolutely unstoppable. And he's proved it for the last 30 minutes yeah, of action. Exactly. Yeah, well, and plus, <laughs> he's just powered up from the sun Was because he's lost the armor. And, yeah, if, if anything, he's stronger at yeah, this point. Yeah, during this fight, he learns how to use I-beams, how to fly... Absolutely, you have to get rid of him. He's only going to get stronger and discover ice breath. Yeah, yeah. Amongst many other things, so, and, and at the same time, I, you can see that you know, like the way they they shot that scene, and like they you know, you can see him struggling internally. Yeah. That like, what am I going to do here? And then when he does break his neck, which was pretty like shocking, mm-hmm. but you then he has that you know emotional outlet where he just screams yeah. right, and you could tell he's obviously not you know he wasn't happy about what he just did. And it wasn't. Thought, it was well done. I it thought. wasn't done out of anger. It wasn't out of hatred. It was done at, to save those people. Yeah. And then Lois comes, and there's like a really sweet scene of him clutching her, where he's now on his knees. He's the little person. He's no longer this tall, you know, very uh, stoic figure. 
and he's holding himself against her and she's comforting him. The lowly well, human comforts the god. At the same time, too, it harkens back to that scene where his dad, what's it, uh, where he's being bullied and he's holding onto the fence and he doesn't, he doesn't punch the kid. Mm-hmm. And his dad says, you know, like, what, what did you want to do? Like, and he's like, I wanted to hit him. He's like, would it have made you feel better? And it sort of harkens back to that, and now he, obviously it didn't make him feel better. Yeah, like because he now he has taken out the bully, mm-hmm. but he's you know, and then meanwhile he's feeling pretty painful himself, right? Yeah. So he he also learns a lesson too. I mean, this is part of being human, doing things that are horrible and are messy. But he did it for heroic reasons. Well, and I'm going to bring in a Star Trek reference because it's a okay. I'm the Star Trek guy. Well, I so just the, did a Voyager one. Go ahead. The uh, it's a, the most toys uh, with with data. There's that okay. end scene with uh, Kira Spaja, right? Where Data has the uh, the disruptor. And basically, when they transport him out, the disruptor's gone off. Mm-hmm. They sort of leave it ambiguous, but in the, uh, the when you uh, read about the backstory about it, the writer wanted it to be that Data like logically comes to the conclusion this guy has to die mm-hmm. because he's just going to do bad shit and yeah. he's not going to it. So it's sort of in that same vein. Like, yeah. you know, like Superman realizes there's no other choice. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes someone's got to go. And then Batman will show up and moralize. Because Batman doesn't kill. Oh, you see Batman show up and Are you be kidding like, me? I have seen Golden Age Batman kick a man out of a window. <laughs> in th- in he the kicks acid? him in the neck yeah. and he falls out of the window. Yes. And then in World War II, he's with there with a Gatling gun with the boy Wonder <laughs> shooting down Nazis. Batman kills. I know. But yeah, I mean, I I, I thought it, it was the logical conclusion as to where this was going. Right? Yeah. Like, if you have to have Superman kill, at least show the repercussions of that, because um, he's killed a few times um, in the comics. Originally, he actually he murdered Zod and his compatriots. He sent them to death by kryptonite, mm-hmm. and that, but then when that happened, he actually left Earth for a while, exiled um, himself because he thought he'd betrayed an ideal. It's an interesting concept. I mean, usually yeah. Superman's. It's interesting, too, because the comics are very, very hard set in the fact that Superman does not kill. When Wonder Woman kills someone, kills Maxwell Lord during a... Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. In the like, OMAC Project slash Sacrifice, it, basically Maxwell Lord was this guy who had mind-controlled Superman, and he was going to use him to, you know, to kill everyone. And um, uh, Wonder Woman had been, was able to lasso Maxwell Lord and was like, how can I stop you? Uh, or how can I stop Superman? He's like, you have to kill me. So she just grabs the guy and breaks his neck. And Superman's horrified by what she's she's done, and it kind of she sit, just she just saved the universe. It sat, shatters the trinity of the because Superman and Batman cannot accept what she's done, yeah. even though she did it for the greater good. It's yeah. just interesting because usually Superman is portrayed as the guy who will never cross that line, no matter what. And it's just interesting in this movie they have it happen as something that needs to happen, but I don't know. It does violate a lot of what people usually write about the character. I'm not either for or against it. It yeah. was a powerful scene because they didn't make it something that was an easy choice. They made it like a like the fact that he screams as he's doing it, and then having well, scream, no, it's after. Sorry, screaming afterwards, yeah. like that. It's not an easy decision for him. Like it's ripping him up inside. It's, it's powerful. So at least they gave it its due. Yeah, he drops to his knees and just like yeah. You know, I thought it, I thought it was well done because like, that would have been an easy scene. He's not to, just like boom, I did it. Oh, no. okay, well, off, exactly. off I go. Yeah, exactly. It would have been an easy scene. To not yeah, they could have screwed it up. The emotional relevance and the fact that it this is like this is an extremely moral guy. He's been taught to to restrain himself, to not lash out yeah. at others, yeah. to really keep that monitored. And the fact that he had to cross that line to save lives, and 
Which would have been brutal if they'd been murdered. Yeah, if, if he if he let Zod turn his head as far as Zod wanted to go, mm. he would have murdered. He would have let some humans get murdered, right? Can you can you crack a Kryptonian's neck? Yes, in the movie. Right, well, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I actually well, thought of that too. Actually, I was sort of like, well, if he could break his neck, how come? Like Superman's like, neck wasn't broken earlier. No but, one had him in a, a full. No, it's true. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those. He, he had an like, armbar on him too, didn't he? He did at one point. Yeah. 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 Did he just go the opposite way of the way he was trying to move his neck, and that's when he was able to I guess get? Now that. we're getting too technical. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I guess it's a stupid question. Call up the director. I'm gonna call up Zack Snyder. Hey, uh, when uh, he cracked his neck, um... Zack's like, go go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Zack's telling him to go to bed. Yeah, oh, that's upsetting. Um. Okay. Now, what was your? I guess your. I know you don't like rating things, Nate. But I mean, obviously, it's your favorite Superman movie. Not that difficult. <laughs> well, um, even up against any of his animated movies. Um, have you seen any of them? Um, oh, um, I've seen Batman and uh, Superman: Public Enemies. Okay. And I think I've seen the Turner one. Too. Supergirl, or I've read, I've read the comic, and I can't. I think I've seen the cartoon too. They, like they kind of meld together. Anyway, this is still better. Um, oh gosh, DC does a lot with their animated movies, though. Is they take the comic and animate it. So I mean, that's hard to. Like, I'm not going to compare that to a live action. Okay. They're not in the same universe at all. Um, you know what? I, I don't feel that the extended action sequences hurt my like of the character moments or the thematic moments enough to really um, hurt my, my my rating of it. I, I know a lot of other people, including my sweet wife, who goes the action sequences really did dilute her feeling of the overall content. But to me, I'd go as high as um, eight okay. emblems of L. <laughs> eight eight uh, Superman USB keys? Yeah. <laughs> I actually want to. I would like a Superman USB key now. I'm taking your rating number. I know you like the eight, but I took. No, it. that's usually my number. Uh, Tibor, I, I don't know, man. I hate number ratings. I, I know, it's, and it's, that's it's what we do. To, uh, I I would prefer just saying, it, "Would you buy the Blu-ray?" That's how I would rate something. Well, no. See, I don't know. Like, I'm, I probably wouldn't buy this. But there you go. That gives an indication then of your feeling. Yeah, I know. Would you watch it again? No. Would you watch it again? Would I watch it again? Yes. What's that? You don't own it. But I wouldn't probably. I probably wouldn't buy it. What's it? And if I did watch it again, I kind of would want to watch it at home so that what's it? I could fast forward a little bit because the, the from the Battle of Smallville like to the end, it was a really really long arduous like battle sequence. It was really long, and I, like it almost like it wasn't it wasn't as bad as uh, Transformers Two. Oh like gosh. that was friggin' terrible. Or Transformers I, 3. I couldn't make it I didn't even see 3. Transformers yeah. 3 is a long sequence. I started watching it I just couldn't finish it. But it's terrible. Anyway, like it was it was long enough that I wish there would have been a little bit more in there to sort of, you know, okay, I like cuz I was getting a bit bored to be honest. Like, like I mean, I mean the director's cut. Oh good. Maybe. Anyway, but yeah, like I mean the 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 beginning of the movie was interesting. I it held me. I was like I liked it. I, I found it interesting. It was good. I almost think that maybe a little bit more of that would have been better than all the action because mm. I would have liked to have seen maybe a little bit more of his wanderings it's a, uh, instead of you know him having a, like the whole metropolis being I agree up. that would be very interesting I just think the American public would have hated that maybe. well that's the problem is I think too many movies are like that though now like it's like we have to go over the top and the thing is with CGI now you can you can do anything now 
right? It's, 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 it's proven. It's it's yeah. gone. It's gone to that point. But where, Superman yeah. does need that more than most. No, I agree. If you just you know, if you, he picks up a car and throws it, it's not quite you know super. Like I, I get that too. So it's 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 a, it's a t- definitely a tough balance to mm-hmm. to find. And I think they went a little bit like too far on the on the action. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's it's tough to say. I don't know, like. I'd get a bit like maybe a seven. Okay. It's a uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it. And now that we're talking about it too, the more I think about it, yeah, like that the beginning of it was really solid. I really would have Even liked the to middle. see I would have liked to have seen yeah, up until the battle, like where it's the just, third act really. <laughs> yeah, the third act is sort of too long and, and unnecessary and like at the point where you know, the lowest and, and like they kiss and I was like, Oh right, he still has to deal with Zod. That's another like thirty minutes, oh shit. <laughs> Like that, at that point, I was It was like, probably only 10, but it felt longer because we've been sitting for so long. Maybe, yeah. yeah. But anyway. But yeah, the more that we talk about it, yeah, it was it was pretty solid. It was pretty good. Um, As a Superman film, I think it was good. The codex bothered me. I don't I didn't think it was necessary. I see. You feel that there was an emphasis placed on that? that, that I don't feel that was an emphasis on what made him special. That was just no, no, what I they were looking for. The codex at all. I just... Oh. I, I just I don't Wasn't that amazing that there was like a, a shattered skull? Whose skull was that? That was a bit That's weird. That's awesome. I was like, is that one of their ancestors who came to the planet and like it's got ingrained like the different strands on it? But like, they never addressed any yeah, of that. Yeah, that's fascinating. Well, they still could. They still could. I don't know. I just found that that, that just felt like a, a its own MacGuffin. That's like. not a MacGuffin. A MacGuffin is like a deus ex machina. Something that got out of the machine. Or, it, it could or, have been... Or it, something that needs to be attained but we don't really... No, it's, like, yeah, it's just, it's just an artifact. It's just, who cares? Yeah, I don't know. I just I didn't need it. Doesn't it. solve I, anything. To be honest, I, I agree with it. you. They could have maybe cut that out. Like they had to. They had to have um, Russell Crowe swimming through the. Uh, well, there was that there was were, cool though. There were two that, reasons. But again, see, that's what I mean. Is it's like there yeah. were two reasons for Zod to come after Superman. The first one would be Superman Two Revenge. Second one is yeah, he has something all, else. Yeah, and this is what gives them the ability to restore Krypton. That's what I like. But it about. could have been in the USB key. Yeah, but it wasn't. Or well, no, it, well, it was in. The, well, yeah, the, uh, yeah. Who cares where it ended up being? It doesn't matter if it's in his body. They don't actually have a scene of them like taking his blood and going. To, like it doesn't matter. They did. Where it they ended. did take his blood. They did take his blood, but all they do is find out that they're. That they're That's where they him. find out that it's in yeah. him. But yeah. but if it was the key, all it would be about them chasing the key. But who cares? Like I, I personally, well, I do still like about the, them chasing him to get the codex. And... I, I like the idea that there is a codex that that the. the, the the, essentially Krypton is downloaded into some data where that data is stored I don't care I just didn't need that because they already have the terraform where like you have enough things going no 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 terraform doesn't do anything they want to restore no, their under- genetic line I, I understand that but I'm just saying like it could have been that, in the key at that point okay would that, if that, if, would that make you feel better if it was in the key um I don't know I just didn't need the codex at all but I do I agree know. that like a little explanation okay. sometimes for like a, something like yeah why was it that skull like it was just a visual thing, it was right? Cool looking, yeah. I'm it like, was, oh, it was, it was, was neat, and I did like that we got a little bit more of Jor-El than we normally do. It's which Doomsday is, Skull, eh? That's what it is. I or the Eradicator. Anything? Hmm. It's probably not the Eradicator. Okay, I'd be okay with anything. Again, I, I like. It's interesting that they went with this version of, of Krypton, the very different from any of version we've really seen before. You want to see him on a sexy light cycle like like Turner wants? I'd be okay with that. <laughs> A light cycle. I liked Krypton in this. I thought yeah, it was I cool. Thought it, cool it was yeah. interesting. Um, the the weird like dragon steed was an interesting choice. What are you? We're at the rating section. You've gone back to the beginning of the movie. Are you looping around? I'm looping around. I'm trying to do my, my summary of things I was thinking of that impact my rating. What do you want from me? I don't it's know. A rating. Yeah, what's great? <laughs> um, I don't know. I I'm, I'm torn. I don't okay, know. well, let's ask the same questions so you can think about your rating. Sure. Would you buy a DVD, a Blu-ray of it? 
I don't know. Okay. Would you watch it again? Yeah, I'd probably watch it again. Okay. I just don't know if I... I, I don't feel the need... When I, when, again, to go back to Batman Begins. When I got back, when I saw Batman Begins, I was like, when is this coming out on DVD? When I was Batman Begins, I watched that third act and I'm like, when is this ending? There was so much shaky cam in that train ride on the subway. It was so shaky. Actually, all the battles were really shaky cam. I'm like, mm. oh my goodness. I don't care about Razzle Ghul. But when those movies came out, like I, I couldn't wait to watch them again. Now, I Dark could, Knight, though, is a masterpiece. Yes, I could, but I could wait to watch this again. Um, and again, I, I just feel like there was ele- like really good warm elements of his version of Superman, but I wanted more of him being able to to actually be allowed to emote and not just have to be in these stoic, quieter moments when he wasn't allowed to. Because he was really good as that version of Superman of being able to have that warmth that trans that you're able to to pick up you on that. You just sort warmth. of feel his trusting. Yeah, you he actually got a great aura. His eyes, a... he plays his eyes off very well. Yeah, he, he's a good choice for, yeah. for... And, and even the way he holds himself, the physicality like, of I, him. Like, I, as a viewer, trusted him. Yes. You I just wish I mean? we had more scenes of him being allowed to do that. I thought that they wanted him to be more... They almost made it seem like he was more tortured than... He wanted more standing around scenes of him, like, holding doves and an American <laughs> eagle lands on his arm... <laughs> Yeah, well, not necessarily. Uh, children flocking to his feet. But just, like, at times they just wanted him to almost be too tortured. Like, obviously he had that traumatic moment with losing his father. Is That's a very powerful moment, but at the same time, like, he's not Batman. I didn't feel he was tortured. I felt that he was resolute. I mean, he's, he's they're, they're doing this Christ motif, and he's doing this very, like, that he was comforting as, character. As lo- he seemed very lost. But yes, in the beginning, I mean, yes. part of his but journey, the end of the journey, he's found himself. Yes, but I, I, I don't know. It felt more of a tortured, self-imposed loneliness, partially because of what had happened with his father. But at the same time, he is, a, he is an alien that like really has no idea where his place is in the world. Yeah. And no, and I do like scary. I mean, when I, he finds out and he's like, "I found it." Not only is Superman nice. a metaphor for the immigrant story, but he's a metaphor for an adoption, like an adopted son. Like yeah. that's. I don't oh, know what that's like. And but. anybody, like, you know, it's sort of a coming-of-age thing as well, right? Like, we all have those moments where we feel sort of lost, like, what the hell am I doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, in his case, it's just amplified by the fact that he really doesn't know who he is. Right. Like, it's, you know, it's scary. Well, I, I did like when he comes home and he tells, you know, Ma, I found it. Like, I yeah. And she plays that so well. Where she goes, I'm happy for you, Clark. And her face is just like, she's so sad. Yeah, she, at the same time, she's torn. Yeah. yeah. That that was really good acting. I really enjoyed I that. I did feel like, yeah, she was, Diane Lane did a great job, but she didn't, like, with very uh, little fanfare. Like I, I like it subtle like that. Because I think everyone was like, oh man, Kevin Costner's in this, and he's Pac Kent, and Russell Crowe is I don't Darrell. know anyone who got excited because of Kevin Costner. I did. I You're the only one who's got a man crush on him. <laughs> I thought he would do a what great... What has it been, 23 years after he was Robin Hood? Let it go. <laughs> I was a big fan because of Wheel of Dreams, but I was gonna say I think it was Cup. Cup. I thought it was Waterworld. Dance of the Wolves. It was always Waterworld with me. Waterworld's got a great concept, horrible execution. Uh, um, postman? Was it the Postman? The Postman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Basic Waterworld. All right, let's stop listening. Let's Kevin listen to the career. He's done some good stuff. Have we said the bodyguard yet or not? No. Well, we stayed away from that. Oh man. Anything. It's amazing that he did such a good job of Paul Kent in this. Considering he did. That I liked him a lot. Yeah. In this, well, because this it taps into that the whole th- when he really became big is because he was good at playing those kind of rural kind of characters who weren't like he's he doesn't look like a quote unquote movie star. He's not an extremely attractive man. He's an okay looking guy. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Patrick Stewart got voted sexiest man. 
what was it, like 95 or something? He got a vote as Sexiest Man in the World at one point for Time Magazine or one of those magazines. So <laughs> this is a, Kevin Costner got that vote too. So that, it goes around. Well, cause he's, he's everybody, like, gets, everybody gets one. He's like, he's like the working man, you know? Like, yeah, he, yeah, he does have the sort of everyday But that's why I was guy. excited about him being Pac-10. Is he the Bruce Springsteen of Hollywood? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I just thought he could pull off the everyman, like the, the man who is able to raise the greatest hero of all. And he's old enough now that he could be a father of a 30-year-old. Yeah, so that works. But like, you believe that his son could, be, like, through the way that he builds the character for those scenes, that he's a conflicted man, but he's trying to do the best for his son to be a good father to, and he knows that his son is going to mean something to the world, and he's trying to do the best job. Yeah, he really—that's that. what I like. He about looks this at the bigger picture. He really believes in, in in Cal, he Clark. Like that's so different from a lot of the other depictions in the origins. It's, it's usually his mom who's the believer in him. Yeah. I was glad to see them both. The believer, and I like that. Even though he makes him like not reveal a secret, it's not because he's scared of that. He's just because he wants him to be ready when the time comes. It has to be right. Yeah. He's preparing. He's him more worried. He's moment. not worried about Clark. He's worried about the the people of Earth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, he trusts Clark to do the it right is thing. A, it is a. Tr- is right. Like Perry brings it up. This is a big philosophical issue. Like, or you know, or theological too. What would people think yeah, if they realized they weren't? We're not alone in the universe yeah. anymore. Right? A change. You can never go back from that. There's no, no. going back. What a horrible way to find out, too. Something's <laughs> coming around the moon. It looks really sharp and pointy. Yeah. It won't respond to our communications. It's going to destroy our world. Like, that's great. As Superman's flying through, it would have been nice to see a flash of green. Hey, look, it's Hal Jordan. He's on his, he's on his way to Oa. Nobody needs to see anything more about Hal Jordan. <laughs> I, I, you know what? In one way, I'm kind of glad that they didn't do too many like nods or setups or anything. Like, No, I, I agree. As much as I, I would like to see them... They shouldn't, and they should allow it to be its own thing, its own standalone. Besides, at this point, everyone would just cry, cry Marvel, and be like, "Oh, you're doing the Marvel thing." Well, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. everyone expects that. I no, mean, people don't know the difference. That's true. By you're doing March, the comic book movie thing. They really think Superman's gonna be the next Avengers movie. <laughs> I him, was him I, and Thor back to back. I was asking some of my kids who their favorite Avengers were for beginning one of my classes, just to warm up the class. Yeah, and kids were like, "Oh, my favorite Avengers Green Lantern," and I just. I just went to the next kid. I didn't want to have the energy to do it. You don't. No. Right? That's pretty funny. That's really sad. I was actually listening to the Economist podcast the other day. Okay. And I was going to send this to you, Adam. Um, you know, they're all British, right? And they're all the Economist, right? So they're all very well read. And they're talking about superhero movies. And this Man of Steel movie's coming out. It's going to be a reboot. Let's talk about reboots and the financial ramifications of that and whether that works or not. Or not. And then after the segment's over, they talk about the marketing and the finances yeah. of it. They go, um, uh, could you tell us a little bit about the difference between Marvel and DC? Like, what are the heroes? And, and the guy goes, well, um, the difference being uh, Hulk and uh, Spider-Man are, are the, uh, Marvel and Batman and, and, Cap- and, Captain and uh, Superman are, are DC. You know, the, the, the characters that make the most money. I'm like, he mentioned Hulk. <laughs> this guy doesn't really know much about anything. <laughs> no. And then they talk about it and they have this, this very fun little end to their interview where they ask each other what kind of superpowers they would like to have. And then they ended. Like, it's just very highbrow. Wow. I thought it was great that this guy was the expert on, like, differentiating between Marvel and DC, and he could name two characters from each one. Um, most <laughs> most people don't know any clue. No. Um, I thought there might be something after the credits. We stayed the entire... All the way through. I, I always stay at the end of the credits anyway. I don't care, so... It, yeah. If you've come this far, there's <laughs> nothing at the end of the credits. Yeah. If you, don't, if you don't usually like to do that... I mean, I watch everyone stand up and funnel out like a bunch of cattle herding out of a very small little stall. Yeah. I don't stand up after movies. I relax. I wait the five minutes and I get out of my car. No one's in my way. True. But, but, for, like, but if you're waiting movies, for something, don't wait. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing there. It's well, not even combo movies. It's Marvel recently. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, not, was... even in 2002, oh, sorry, yeah, 2003, uh, Daredevil had the an after credit sequence. It wasn't the end of the credits, though. Yeah, it was. It was. No, it wasn't. It was, was it? I don't sure recall waiting very long. I think the credits start. Oh, you're right. That was the. Um... And you wait a few seconds and it comes up. Was it? Okay. Well, I'm thinking. Well, what about. Uh, with, 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 I think it was at the on. end of the credits, we'll, actually. We'll just have to watch Daredevil. No, we'll, we'll, we'll throw it in right now. What about X Men yeah. Last Stand? Uh, they had. Was that after the credits when. Uh, yeah, Xavier it was. Wakes up it was the, after the credits. In the weird body? That's like, what, 2006? That was a big one. That was one where people were saying to each other. What was well, it, ICQ in those days? I don't know. We were all t- it wasn't quite that far back. <laughs> it was but... still MSN Messenger. Yeah. And we were saying to each other, Which is now, you okay. have to stay... I remember people saying that, making yeah. a note of it. Yeah. Because no one stays standard Blade. No. In X2, didn't they have something there with uh, the water? Or is that just the last sequence? That was the last sequence. Was the last that wasn't the, the... Well, they had the shot you see of the Phoenix. Alkali Lake, oh, and you yeah, see the, yeah, the Phoenix in the water. That was, like, right yeah. before the credits. Okay, yeah. so it wasn't anything after the credits there? Not that I can X3 remember. X3 really kind of started that end okay. being a thing, but it was really Marvel's new studio that did it with... Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it started with Iron Man. Hulk was first, wasn't it? No, Hulk oh. was after. You're right. Hulk yeah, was after. It was Iron Man first, because then they had Sam yeah. Jackson showing up with his swagger. No... Like if this leads into a Justice League, do you think the Superman will work in a Justice League? Oh, yeah. uh, Cavill as Superman? Yeah. Oh, I'd love to see him come in for Justice League. I think he's great. Uh, it, the problem with not the problem, the difficulty with a Justice League movie, just like with an Avengers movie in some ways, is to show why do we even need Batman on this team, or why do we need like because yeah, especially with the, the power yeah. level of Superman, and that's but that's always going to be the problem. If you have Superman on this team. Why do Why we need? And this else? wasn't a reserve Superman. This is wasn't Chris Reeve like floating around no, a lot, pulling helicopters. He was doing everything and anything he could yeah. to get these. He guys. could level a city quite yeah. easily. And so the problem with that is that not. I, I maybe, almost feel it's gonna. It would be too like he's almost too dark in a way. And I don't know if that's like maybe that's just. A, I, I think that there's a lot of lightness at the end, but again, because you're setting up the next movie or you're setting up the status quo. But I, the problem with the Justice League movie, maybe it's not even the fact they're showing why we need the other heroes, but also them having a villain big enough and good. Yeah, because this was pretty big. And yeah. it, but again, making it so that Batman isn't useless in that fight. Well, there's also the thing that Marvel was created, uh, has created uh, Avengers, and they were always bickering from the very beginning. That's interesting. We like to see people into having disputes and disagreements. Yeah. The Justice League was created to go fight the, the threat of the week, or the threat of the month. Yes. And they would get together... And they would fight it, and that would be the end. They didn't start having personalities and interacting the way they do in the current DC universe until like the last ten years. So Marvel mm, doing I, it I, in the sixties—they did it a little from day this, one. In, no, in the seventies, no Silver Age was there any kind of anywhere near the Avengers there was like. Well, not not near the, but they were getting there. Yeah, well, they had just like International and stuff like that. And they had Booster Gold, and even, like, even before that, there's some when Firestorm joined the team. But when it comes to the Trinity. The yes. Trinity has not had spats anywhere. Not, even the the cartoon show, the Justice League cartoon show, they have some spats. That's not trip. That's not traditional DC. That's them taking cues from Stanley's. Yes, Avengers. in the last 10, 15 years is when you've seen more sure. of the Trinity so disagreeing. They can do that, but that's not the tradition of the Justice League. The Justice League is we're going to go punch something. Yeah. Well, plus the heavy lifting of a Justice League movie is it doesn't look like there's going to be any other movies before that. I mean, well, yeah. yeah, and the thing is, are they going to reintroduce Batman? Are they going to bring in the new guy as Batman that they set up? Joseph Gordon Lovett? Yeah. No, no, please, no. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's some questions out there as to yeah, how this really... is going to play out. And to be honest, what about the next Superman? Like, what are they, what would they do? Like, well, they've already started working I mean, on it. The oh, sequel's, they have. The sequel's been greenlit. I don't know what year they've 
projected for it because Justice League originally was supposed to be 2015, so presumably Superman would be after. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or yeah, maybe they'll be. just scrap the JLA plans and just do or delay them. If if Joss Whedon can't get the Wonder Woman project off the ground, he was offered Wonder Woman. He wrote the script, and Warner Brothers crushed it. But that so was not that was anymore. years ago before they were ready. Now they yes, really want but this if, more than. But Joss is not available, and if they they don't have Joss now to do that, and if they didn't go with Joss originally, yeah. there's not really anyone else I would ever trust to take Wonder Woman because Wonder Woman's going to be a very difficult property. I to don't. Get people I don't ever think that that should be a solo. I, a lot of them is like as much as I love Flash as a character, I think that'd be a crappy movie because hmm. I don't think they could get it right. I think he works better. Maybe he's great for a thirty minute episode of a cartoon, but for two hours, each. Yeah, like a lot of yeah, these characters. Character do. Well, a lot of the DC <laughs> characters they run fast. Yeah, a lot of these DC Maybe you characters. Can turn the world around the other way and go <laughs> yeah. back in time. A lot of these DC characters feel a lot harder to do. A, a, a lot of it's no, a lot of it's because a lot of them don't really have secret identities or they don't really have a, like a a good supporting cast. It'd like a lot of Marvel heroes, for the most part, have like this definable world that they'll live in. Whereas Flash lives in the JLA because world because they're more interesting characters. They function more interesting world. They function around the JLA. They. If you just have a J, like a, a Barry Allen story, not that many people care about, you know, Iris West. What you do, I do because I, I love if they could parlay Arrow into a Green Arrow movie, and if that would that would, that would be easier to do because Green Arrow is more interesting to a lot of people than than more powerful characters. Yeah, well, years ago they're they're supposed to be doing a, a movie called Supermax, which is basically supposed to be like a way of them basically doing a Green Arrow movie without saying it's Green Arrow. Where the deal is, where he was going to be well. Comic book apologist. It's Chris Nolan is a big. But we're apologist. past that era. Even calling Arrow Arrow is they could have called the Green Arrow. Yeah, it was kind of dumb. Well, especially because right. he was already Green Arrow on Smallville. So, yep. that, but yeah, no, and he doesn't live in Star City. It's people love Starling it. City. It's a it's a genre, and people embrace it, and they are excited for the new superhero movies, Absolutely, and they love yeah. the colors, and they love the over the top everything. But some suits, the suits at Warner Brothers have a difficulty letting that happen. Marvel's just, so detached from everything. Marvel's just letting their their comic flag fly, and they're just. And the fact that they got Joss Whedon, who loves comics, mm-hmm. to do a movie and just said, have fun with it. Just do it. And the fact that Disney, who's their backer, is say, is so far saying, continue. Yeah, yeah. they're, they're, so, they're really hands-off they, as far as we can so tell. You yeah. gave us a billion dollars. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Yeah. At the same time, though, like I, like I thought Marvel did an awesome job. They set up all the characters in their own films. And they the tone of Avengers was a really like well-thought-out tone. I just, I don't, I can't, I don't know, like... As as right as of right now, I can't think of a tone for JLA. No, like because you know, like it, well, we only know one character too. Like, well, that's the other problem. Is well, we, there's only the one character. There are so two far, really. main characters are both had scripts written by Nolan and Goyer. Yeah, and they both have that same feeling of the Nolan Goyer universe. Well, would it be Christian Bale though? For, for JLA, he's done right. Like, well, we don't know if he would be willing. It's to also do a matter of money, isn't it? They give him enough money. Well, and the thing is, though, would that character fit? Because that's a pretty friggin' dark Batman. Well, not even that. I, I think they need a Batman that and then doesn't again, feel so grounded in some ways. Because you need him to be able to be this the larger-than-life Batman. You need yeah, swashbuckler, bare chest, and all. Uh, you need him to be this this bigger than life Batman style running across with a big oh, ball yes. over his head. You need him to be this <laughs> this larger-than-life Batman who can exist and stand next to Superman and feel like he matters. Whereas the one in Chris Nolan built up a Batman who seemed very small, like he wasn't the, this force of nature. He was 
He was a. They almost made him too human. Although there are these really cool moments when he gets that flock of bats and he's become this elemental. Yes, bat but he's creature. also. Oh no, Rachel died, and I can't do anything. Well, anymore. he has to be human. Calm down. Yeah, but it's. I don't know. Though my left third. I personally, in like a lot of ways, he's the. Uh, yeah, in a lot, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, though, he's the. He's like the Punisher. You want Joel Schumacher back? Up. No, he's got the mission. Oh and the, God, no! The mission. He's got a mission, and he doesn't just give up the mission. Like that's I've been part of Batman. He's, like he'll, he'll, he'll okay. To be fair, he'll be done when he's dead. To be fair, you're right. Was, uh, I didn't like that in uh, in Dark Knight Rises that he was like, oh, he, I just disappeared. That for he eight gave years. up because of it. Well, yes, but uh, they wanted to, to pay tribute to Dark Knight Returns, and that's how they you have, you have to have him coming back from retirement. To I know. Do that. I'd rather it be a death of a soldier because in Dark Knight Returns, Robin dies. Well, Dark Knight Returns also shouldn't have happened because he also shouldn't have given it up. No, but he did. And Batman Beyond, he shouldn't be old man who gave it up, but he did. Like, there's tons of stories. I'm of him more okay it with it when I don't know. Then but it's he's, not a girl. There's also with... tons of stories of him connected to humans, right? Yeah. To his Robins. Yeah, no, I, I'm not against. Alfred. I'm not against him being connected, but I'm, I, I was more. I was. I, I always had a problem with him giving up being Batman in Dark Knight Rises because I, I agree with of you, what yeah. had happened with Richard years before. He can be affected by it, no problem. Like he's always affected by the loves of his life, usually Robins. But I mean, he's always affected by their absence when they're gone. Like recently in the comics, his his flesh and blood son, Damian Wayne, was murdered. That has deeply affected that character. And you're seeing it in every Batman comic right now, right. and they're not shying away from it. He's allowed to be human. I just... But that that was left over from the second movie, and they wanted to bring in the Dark Knight Returns storyline. It just so they gave it, well, it just didn't feel accurate to what Batman should be. Anyways, well, that, 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 that wasn't Bat- the only reason, sorry. But like the other reason was the terrible ending to Dark Knight Returns, <sighs> where he has to be the hero that Gotham needs, not the one it deserves or whatever. That he has to be a symbol for everything that is bad, so that mm. Harvey can ascend. Like that was that's even, really one of the reasons why he did that too. Yeah, I, I know. But they I didn't just, even really address it in Dark Knight Rises. Well, like, at the beginning of the movie, they do. They say like, "Look, this is why you left because they well, because hate, became they the hunted villain, you. Yeah. yeah, they had to keep hunting you, and that's why you couldn't do your job anymore." I feel like but would, it was okay because Harvey ascended and cleaned the city up. Yeah, but I, at the same time, I feel like he would have done it despite being the villain. Like, he still, like, would have gone out and, and still tried to help. If anything, he would have... Okay, used, but that, that was the any, point of the end of the last one, If right? anything, he would have used that to his advantage. Like, in the comics, he uses the fact that people are terrified of him. And that they use it to great effect. But I, it's nice in that movie, though, because... I, Gorge was great. And, well, now and we're going great. into Batman. Because, <laughs> um... Well, we're well, Justice League. As, as, as Nolan sure. is weaving it, he... It, look, they... they, they Two Face fell. Okay, Harvey Dent fell from grace. Yeah, no, I, they had to cover that up. So in order to balance the scales, they dropped Bruce off and they rose Harvey into this saint. Yes, and as long as Bruce was underneath, he could keep Harvey. Keep Harvey's sainthood kept the city together and kept it from falling apart mm. and kept things good and kept corruption down. And then that flips in the movie, right? And then Dark Knight Rises because Batman has to come back. And as he does that, Harvey's legacy also gets gets. Isn't that weird though that they kind of missed part of the point of, of uh, Dark Knight Strikes or Dark Knight Returns, where the idea is that because he was gone, things got so bad. Whereas here, Gotham got better. What here? Well, no. Oh, yeah, Dark yeah, Knight yeah, Rises. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotham is a better place. Well, because of is, Harvey Dent thing. Yeah. yeah, which is just it's just interesting because usually the whole point of showing Dark, uh, Batman leaving, things go to hell, and then he has to realize that I should never have left. Well, the only reason why he should step down, though, is if things are okay, right? He's only the Batman to to protect, to to, to save Gotham. If Gotham's okay, he doesn't need to be Batman. Yeah, but then, well, in Dark Knight Knight Strikes Again, I guess it was the death of Robin prompted him to kind of give it up, but 
maybe it got better at some point and then it just dropped off after and he just stopped caring yeah also there's a lot of shoulder pads in that I don't know what you're getting at it's a very <laughs> 80s kind of anyways I don't want to I, I, I feel like the Batman who shows up in Justice League should be I don't know not feel at quite as grounded in reality for some reason I don't know I agree he, with you there to be honest he needs to have a little bit more of a I don't know and this is the difficulty things like there were some moments in Man of Steel where I'm like that's super comic booky. And I don't know if it works for the screen. Uh, I can't remember. It's that's a tough balance. It really it is, is tough. It's like, more the... so when you put Batman and Superman actually on screen together. Yeah. In a comic book, you can you can draw them in a way where they're both unbelievably strong and like magnificent, and you're like, okay. But I mean, it's, it's hard a... to translate that to the screen because yeah. yeah, you're right. Like with Superman against Batman, like if they're together, what, how is Batman relevant? Like, it is a really tough way to... Well, he's supposed to be the smartest one in the room, yes. and that's why he's there. Uh, plus, he usually has a kryptonite, kryptonite ring. Kryptonite ring, yeah. So. Kryptonite arrow, or... But at the same time, to translate that to the screen, is, I think, yeah, would be a difficult I, challenge. Well, so is Aquaman riding on the sea. Well, fuck, yeah, that's it's a whole other story. for, for uh, Bruce to have kryptonite to deal with Superman. It's another thing, like you said, to have him be useful in a fight against Starro. Yes. Where you have Wonder Woman there and Superman there... Actually, going into space to fight this thing, yeah. the Batman's of the or ground. Or Flash going. moving at super speed, or Green Lantern creating all these constructs, or Martian Manhunter using telepathy and shape change, and like. But at least Martian Manhunter, you can understand why he's on the team because he's. Oh awesome. yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's hard. I'm visualizing like what this movie looked like. You have all these crazy, cool things happening. Who's the only one who doesn't fit? Even imagine them in a room. Like the cool thing about Avengers is they're all in a room together, and of course Hulk is a Hulk. So they're all these humans. They apparently are, they appear to be. Yeah. And even though Chris Hemsworth is standing above everyone because he's a big dude, he's still in a room. Where they can have an argument, and you can believe that argument, and it yeah. gets pretty cool and heated. You know, in that yeah. room, Martian Manhunter yelling at Arthur, yelling at you know Superman. I'm like, and it's, I don't see it. You know. It's, well, yeah, the Avengers did a really good job of making it like you could put all these guys in a room and it, it, yeah. it does feel real. That's, That's the strength of Marvel characters. We're the big seven again. We got Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, yeah. Flash, Green Lantern, Aquaman, Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Who wasn't in? Oh, it was Aquaman who wasn't in the Justice League cartoon as one of the big seven? Yeah, threw Hot Girl in there because it wasn't the girl. I guess so. Well, Zatanna wasn't to enough? balance out the uh, the ratio, I suppose. Well, they did have both of those girls in romances almost right away. Yeah, they did. Yeah. That's the way it works. Well, I mean, well, I, unfortunately with Avengers, there aren't a lot of... Well, nowadays there's more female members, but for a while there was a... Who you that, Crystal? Uh, what Spider Woman? Oh, sorry, yeah, Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel, yeah. Miss Marvel's a big one. Captain Marvel. Sorry, Captain Marvel now. Um, it's a shame, though, because in, X, in the X-Men universe, the women are so much more important to the storylines and powerful. Yes. And in the Avengers, it's like Crystal and Wasp and, and, and you know... Black Widow. Black Widow. Guns. Yeah, so it's just not... They're not as powerful. Not at all. Interesting. They don't really have any really power. She Hulk's okay. She Hulk's probably one of the more powerful. Or Cersei. Yes, yeah, Cersei. That's, bring that one up. There aren't very many powerful... Mask. No. <laughs> stop. Okay, yeah. Right. It's interesting that they don't have a lot of strong female members. Like, powerful female members. Whereas you're right. X characters, like the fact that there's an X-Men title right now... It's just got a, it's all ladies and they're sexy all sexy ladies running around. And they're all super powerful, being powerful and sexy. That's that's what comics are all about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you had a hat, you tip it to the yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You? I tip it. All right. To so, did I ever give a rating for what I thought of this movie? No, you're still on the rating part, man. You're still on the rating. Uh, six and a half. Oh. Maybe, a, maybe a seven. I think I'd have to see it again. Sleep on it. 
You know, I did like the fight. You know, I'll give it a seven just because it was nice to see Superman punch someone. Yeah, over and over. <laughs> Unfortunately, by the eighteenth, you know, the you know two hundredth punch, it meant a little less. But it was nice to see. It's actually happened now. Finally, it happened. And you did feel like this is what it, this is what it's like in God's fight. Yeah. Yeah. No, you definitely got the scope of like these guys are super powerful. But it's also like you don't ever trust these people because they will destroy your cities. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, just I- wait till Dark Side comes to town. He's uh, he's, he would he's be worse. the he'd be the one threat that the Justice League could could have where it would make sense to have him against. Although the movie. Zod seems more of a threat in some ways because he's he's got the speed. But Dark Side's not. But fast. the funny thing is they're doing Thanos. They've already technically done Thanos before Dark Side's even been shown in the DC movie. Well, it's that awesome. Technically speaking, we've had Azazel, Michael Myers' father, oh my show up before Wonder Woman's been on celluloid. So yeah. it's not fair. Is it's amazing the characters that DC who have not made any appearances at all. In any way. Hey, a bunch of the main appearances on Smallville. Yeah. Flash did. Darkseid. Green Arrow. Dark, Bizarro. Darkseid after a, after a fashion. Yeah. Bizarro after a weird fashion. Yeah. A lot of those characters didn't really show up. Yeah. Oracle after a fashion. Like, these aren't real characters. Uh, anyway, I'm getting bogged down. You have to go to bed now. I do have to go to bed. It's crazy late. Or early. Or yeah. early, depending... Well, yeah. Depending on how you like to party. <laughs> Oh, God. None of us party, so <laughs> let's wrap it up. Let's yeah, let's wrap it up. Final sort of thoughts on. I think we've kind of done that. I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I think it's been fifteen minutes of like between your rating and mine because we just got stuck in other things, and I a little sidetracked with the jailer. Yeah, well, I mean that's what's coming next, hopefully, right? So yeah, we'll see. Only in the future. We'll, I do we'll, think uh, Cavill would be able to pull off the Superman that needs to be in the JLA because he does have that sense of like you would trust him. And you need to be able to trust him to to have a lead a team of gods, basically. He's got a great earnestness to him. There's an earnestness to him. You can believe that the Superman who leads the JLA has to have that kind of earnestness to, to, to kind of keep them in line and be like, no, we're, we're doing things this way. And and he also has a forcefulness behind him. Like, he's not too he's not too much of the Boy Scout to not be stern when he needs to be. You can be commanding. Yeah. And uh, he can be a commander of, again, gods. And well, in the scene where he's... Uh, <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, Batman's not and a green arrow. Well, when he when he turns himself in, he's in the handcuffs, and at that point where he breaks the handcuffs and he's talking directly to the general through yeah, the window. Yeah, no, that was nice. The, yeah, you do get that sense of listen, dude. I can do this. I knew I know who I am. Like I'm doing this for yeah, your benefit. Yeah. This is for you. Do you also like that he doesn't get named. They name him. He doesn't actually say like he thinks that's ridiculous. true. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. That is helpful. That yeah, Marvel's I, done that a few times actually. Yeah, yeah. They don't get named, and they just kind of pick a name for them. That's true. Scott's butter. Hulk. Yeah, Hulk, yeah. But then he takes to it, like, like really quickly. Yeah. You called me a Hulk, so I'm the Hulk now. Like, yeah. Well, even in Marvel movies, they've done it. Like, um, what was the last movie where they didn't say the name? Where's even Iron Man come from? Where did the name Iron Man come from? Did he just call himself Iron Man at some point? Or no, I think, I think it's, it's I think in the it's, newspaper, Yeah, right? it's in the newspaper. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that kind of thing, right? Where someone else names them. Yeah. So it's less ridiculous because they're not saying it. Yeah. And he's like, I like the sound of that. I'm Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah, and then he makes the quip about it's not Iron the suit. Yeah. (laughs) Which is funny. All right. Well, thanks again for being on the show, guys. Uh, So this was, what, episode 88? March to 100 is commencing. And uh, that'll be end of July. Uh, So, Nate, thanks for being on the show again. Thank you. Tibor, thank you for joining us once more. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I think you've got one more Marvel movie in you for the rest of the... uh, yeah, this no, summer. Wolverine next, right? Wolverine at the... Uh, that'll be episode 98. I will not be there for that. You'll not be there for that? I have no interest in seeing that movie. Not at all. 
Things might change, but as of now, I don't think they will for you. They will after you listen to our podcast. Yeah, I'll get my my dose of the movie from there. Yeah, that's yeah, and we'll tell you all about uh, Lady Mastermind. No, Viper. Sorry, Viper. She feels Lady Mastermind. I don't know where that came from. I hope so. I don't know where that came from at all. Gracious. All right, wrap it up. Anyways, thanks for joining us again for Comic Shenanigans. This is Adam Chavin, and we're signing off. Bye bye, everybody.